0: Following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the Eggside Blues. I your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, Alex Steele, the cannonball returning. What is happening?
1: Yes, indeed. I'm back. Finally, it's about time. You know, all this yeah. goofy stuff about, you know, prior commitments and all this ridiculousness. No, uh, yep. I'm back and I'm back large and in charge.
0: Uh, and, and speaking of large and in charge, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, the bootleg better boots. What's happening? Welcome back to the show. What's up, brother?
2: Uh, people, thank you. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us. You're here with us right here.
0: Yeah, baby. The outside blitz. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But folks, we are, uh. The off-season action is is underway. All of the we're preparing for a free agency frenzy in the next couple of weeks. That's coming. Um, obviously, I believe it's May, uh, March 15th is when it opens up uh, officially. But I, I think we're we're talking about March 13th as far as uh, legal tampering period. We yeah, when we, they camp out at the
2: uh, at the doorstep. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean it, most times it's it's. Crazy! You you always see that like all the signings are taking place on legal tampering day. Yeah, Uh, you know everybody. How is it legal
2: Why not just call it? You're you're done. Why is it legal tampering? Yeah, it's either
0: tampering or it's not. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they call legal tampering. I I mean, it is what it is. But that's what's going to happen. Most of these teams are going to know that these guys are signed to their team or have agreed to a deal. It's rare that things change. We've only seen a couple of times where a, a guy will agree to a deal on legal tampering day, and then later on will rescind his uh, his deal there mm. and go to another team. We saw it a few years ago with Anthony Barr. He agreed to a deal with the Jets and then decided he wanted to go back to the Vikings on free like the high school day.
2: kids when they – you know, put the hats on and in front of the cameras, but then we send the letter. In the
0: right. Exactly. It's, it becomes very, very college football like, yeah. um, but we do have a lot of movement going on throughout the league. A lot of stuff going on uh, right now. I mean, we're let's, let's talk about it. Lamar Jackson trade rumors is the big news right now. They're flying around. Washington, Miami, Atlanta all in the mix but the biggest one is Washington seems to be the front runner here. there's a lot of folks talking about Lamar Jackson possibly to Washington in the next couple of days here uh, you could see a deal take place in the next couple of days Cannonball let me ask you you're the first it's your, it's your first day back Let's go ahead and fire out what do you think of this Lamar Jackson stuff where do you think he ends up? How do you think? I mean, do you think a deal happens with Washington in the next couple of days? What's your take?
1: Well, uh, first of all, uh, Ron Rivera, uh, well, uh, what, Ron Rivera's the head coach, right? Whoever the owner yes. is, uh, they need, he needs to sort out his legal issues uh, at some point in the future. But uh, but all jokes aside, um, it would be interesting to see if Lamar does go to Washington, and the reason is that there is uh, you know because they released Carson Wentz, which is like okay. That that's certainly an indication that they're moving. They're out with the old and with the new. Where does Taylor Heineke fit in with all this? Because as we as we pointed out multiple times throughout the season last year, uh, the players uh, played a lot for Taylor Heineke. Will they be open to uh, Lamar Jackson? Will they be open? Because believe me, a superstar of his caliber can only benefit the Washington Commanders. But. Uh, how will the rest of the team receive him? Will the rest of the team receive him as uh, a guy that's just asking for too much money? Or will they come together and go, you know what? This guy's going to help get us to a Super Bowl. Let's uh, get it. Let's get in. Let's get into this together and you know, figure out a way to make this work. Uh, that That's the question that I have. Um, I mean, if, if Washington can and can you know come through and be the winner of the sweepstakes, as we've put it, uh, they'll definitely be in a prime position. Uh, to contend for at least the NFC East.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and right now we see Washington, uh, several of these teams that are in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, cutting players, making moves. On top of it, the Falcons are, are another one of those teams. They went out and dumped Marcus Mariota this week. So we got to see Mar- Mariota go out the door uh, for Atlanta. They saved $12 million in cap space. There's only 2.5 dead in on the cap there. Boots, what do you make of uh, this this Lamar Jackson, Falcons, Washington fiasco, possibly Miami? We've been hearing all kinds of stuff. What do you make of all this stuff?
2: Well, if he's going to go to one of those teams, I guess Atlanta would probably be the best fit as far as uh, his skill set in terms of running with the football. Yep. Uh, Arthur Smith, very run-heavy type of offense. It's an old-school philosophy. It's what uh, Lamar's been used to in Baltimore that old school run first type of philosophy i mean uh drake london gives him a, a big enough target because of his accuracy uh, issues lamar jackson's accuracy issues that is and i don't think i don't think atlanta's going to break the bank to try to bring him in because you got to look at what what he, what lamar's been and what he could be and there's question marks on both sides of that
0: yeah the the one thing I will point out about the Falcons is even though they don't want- probably don't want to break the bank for him they do have the third most cap space in the entire NFL right now so i mean they've they've got the money to deal um we're we're probably talking somewhere around i i, I believe it's somewhere in about eighty million almost so they got a lot of cap space to throw around um do you really want
2: well Lamar, it's like this how much is has Lamar actually Given to how many games has he missed as opposed to how many he's played, and how many meaningful playoff games has he played, and mm-hmm. how many of those has he actually produced wins? Exactly. So, yeah. you're so those two points
0: are juxtaposed. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think you know, a lot of people are going to be excited about Lamar. Um, I think and if he goes the name, yeah, the well, name, you'll
2: be really yeah. excited with the name, but when you get the results on the field, what's it really gonna feel like? Baltimore's telling you that he may not
0: be he's not worth what he's asking. yeah, he and I don't think Lamar is fifty million. I think that's that's crazy talk. I, mean, I, I think we're all on that same page, right?
1: Right, Absolutely. And the other, and the other thing you want to be concerned with is is it going to turn into another Russell Wilson situation? I doubt it because you know <laughs> this is this is quite different, but um, but that that question has to be lingering.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely does. Big money and, and other quarterbacks around the league are asking big money, one guy that could really affect it, and it really depends on how much he gets paid, one guy that could really affect the the amount that Lamar gets. Is Daniel Jones? He's reportedly looking for forty-five million per year on an extension <laughs> with the after they failed to pick up his fifth-year option. I think that's crazy talk. I wouldn't pay him anywhere near that. He, I, he's I, not
1: I, worth twenty million. <laughs> I mean, he's no, asking. No disrespect, but I mean, come on, man.
0: He's asking forty-five million. You, boot, uh, you, you seem blown away. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was
2: four point five. I, I misread
0: it. <laughs> yeah forty-five. <laughs> Per year, per year is yeah, what what yeah. Daniel Jones is asking. I think yeah, it's crazy yeah. talk. Yeah, but like this, not. if you
2: if you watch the if you watch the playoff game against the uh, the Eagles, mm-hmm. that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, I agree. I
0: agree wholeheartedly.
1: <laughs> Reminds me uh, of that he, thing he, you guys sent in the group chat about. Uh, uh, about that meeting where it's like he said 4 to 5 but you know it was drowned out by the sound of Brian of Brian table yeah. eating yeah. The italian food or whatever it was uh, all jokes aside though i mean if if he truly said 45 million per year that's ridiculous
0: yeah if if he if he does get 45 a year imagine how that affects lamar jackson's
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Lamar should, Lamar should be, be Lamar should be demanding 60. If, if uh, D Jones gets 45, that's ridiculous.
0: I agree. Um, another guy that's going to wind up getting paid. We see the quarterback carousel kind of going on. Let's talk about it. Raiders released Eric Carr. We knew that, but he has been visiting with the jets and the Panthers jets. GM Joe Douglas says that there's no timetable for a quarterback decision. He says he feels that Zach Wilson still has a very high ceiling. I think he's about <laughs> as high. As a case at a press conference, and <laughs> the Panthers' coach Frank Reich says that Carr, quote unquote, checks a lot of the boxes. Here's my thing about this. Let me just point this out. First of all, Zach Wilson right now, um, his he's hit his ceiling. He's done. That's first thing. Second mm-hmm. thing is Frank Reich to go out there and say, well, Derek Carr checks a lot of the boxes. Now, think about what Frank Reich just did. In Indianapolis, with all these veteran quarterbacks that he was bringing in, yep. that were massive failures for that team, what are, yep. what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs>
1: like, <what laughs> Absolutely, are- yeah. It's it's like Frank- you know, it, it, I think I heard this phrase before. Sometimes you kind of fail upwards. I'm not sure if uh, Frank Reich is failing upwards, but I mean, look, Derek Carr's Derek Carr is a decent quarterback. You know, you can definitely he can definitely uh benefit an organization like the New York Football Jets. Um, you know, I really think that he would be a nice supplement, you know, especially if you have weapons like Garrett Wilson and uh well like Garrett Wilson, I guess that's the only one I can come up with. But really
0: oh, yeah. it's there. I mean, let's let's be fair. Elijah has been all right for them. And he does have Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Yep. Yep. So he'll I mean be coming off of an injury. Yeah, he'll be coming off an injury. I think Brees Hall will be okay, though. I think he's going to be a great addition to that Jets offense. Come the, the time comes. And and obviously, you know, I people are, are kind of the jury's sort of still out. I mean, we as Vikings fans, Boots, you and I, we, we know what Tyler Conklin is. Let's let's be real. Yeah. Blocking, yeah. blocking tight end. Blocking tight end, yep. he'll, he'll pop and make a play or two. But yeah, yeah. But Boots, what what do you make of this Derek Carr nonsense? Uh Frank Reich
2: hasn't shown the consistent ability to to uh feel competitive playoff winning teams right since he left uh Philly. Well he hasn't he hasn't made the playoffs, I don't think, since yeah. he's been with the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. So <laughs> you you add that to the fact that he hasn't been the same since him and, and Doug Peterson mm-hmm. were not on the same staff. Now Doug Peterson has gone on. And taking the Jacksonville Jaguars to that next step in that next level, but Frank Reich, maybe he's just one of those guys who's better at being an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. right? And maybe not a head coach. So if I'm Derek Carr, I'm, still, I'm looking at the Panthers. Yeah, they got some decent weapons over there, but you know, DJ Moore is really, really good. But again, you've got a proven track record as a as a coach. Robert Sala is trending upwards. Yes, right. Frank Reich is kind of Peak and valley, yeah, right? Yeah. But Salah's is trending upward, so I think that's a better
0: a better fit for him. But but you know I've I've said that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think the Jets are more of a more of a fit for him, especially with all the weapons they have over there. I I mean the Panthers have some decent weapons. They have, do have Dante Foreman over there, who I really do think is a special running back and is going to be a good long term running back for them. I do think that that uh, DJ Moore is an excellent receiver over there. But by comparison, when we're talking about the the younger players that are so skilled, you're talking Elijah Moore. You're talking Garrett Wilson, who was a 1,000-yard receiver last year. You're talking, you know, Brees Hall, who's obviously going to – he was an enigma in himself. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, oh, my Lord. Um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't brittle and, and banged
2: up at Iowa State. Yeah. But as soon as he gets in the NFL <laughs> – There's an issue. Right? Man, I watched that kid three, four years. You know, boom, 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 game after game after game after game mm-hmm. after game. Just durable. Never missed. Yeah. And, then and gets to the league. Here one, we
0: go. one thing I will point out about Brees Hall is I I do think he sort of, and he sort of proved me wrong in a way with his playmaking ability. He he yeah. looked damn good in that system. But then at the yeah. same time, you know, I, I kind of look at him like he did play in a soft division for a long time. but You know, he's playing for Iowa State. Who the hell does Iowa State take on? You know, yeah big 12 not a not a yeah. ton of defense yeah so I mean but. he he the, I have some questions there about what what uh, Brees Hall is capable of on a full seasons workload but we'll find out but as far as Derek Carter goes I agree with you guys I think the Jets much better fit in that situation but hey'll we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, elsewhere, speaking of, of Derek Carr, his former team, the Raiders are set to place the franchise tag on running back Josh Jacobs. If the two sides can't come to a deal by the Tuesday deadline, you know, uh, I, I feel <laughs> the Raiders are just kicking the shit out of themselves at this point for this, you know, you, you let the guy walk or you, you don't pick up his 50 year option. You call him a bum essentially. And then he goes out and he leads the league in rushing. I mean, yep. That's gotta hurt. Yep. Gotta hurt. Um, boots, Josh Jacobs. I mean, is he one of the best runners in the league still? Do you, do you do you pay the man in spite of the injuries that have taken place in yesteryear? I mean, what do you think? This this is Josh Jacobs. As much as as much as people talk and and, and say
2: certain things, he's proven that he can get the job done mm-hmm. when given the opportunity. Like, you know, you don't see a ton of splash plays. You don't see the, you know, big runs. But what you see is consistent running ability, either between the tackles and in that system, mm-hmm. in that Raider system, whatever Josh McDaniels is doing with that offensive system, he produced Yeah, all season long, consistently. He and uh, Devontae Adams produced consistently all day, all day and all season long in that system so yeah pay the guy yeah and what you really what they really need to do is get some help on that offensive line to continue to pursue keeping him happy and in a upright rushing position
0: yep and and one thing i, I will point out the raiders do have a, a decently high draft pick this upcoming uh draft so i mean they can really make some moves but uh Cody Mock to the radio. Hey, you you could see it. It could be interesting. Uh Alex, what what do you make of this Josh Jacobs situation? Uh do you pay the man?
1: Absolutely. Um the, right now you you put the nail on the head. Uh I I I take this Raiders organization, uh, it's akin to that scene in Liar Liar where Jim Carrey is like slamming a toilet seat on his own head, you know, trying to get out of a court case. Uh, Not that they're trying to get out of a court case in Las Vegas. uh, They're just shooting themselves in the foot because they don't know what the heck they're doing over there. Uh, They don't know what kind of a talent they really have on their hands. Pay the man. You know, uh, come to a deal so that you can, A, he could be happy and then pr- and then in turn produce for you. And B, have a decent, you know, have a top-tier running back in your arsenal that you can use uh, to set up play action to do all the things that, that a running game is intended to do. You know, it, it's silly. And if you let the man walk, I think it would be a personal insult to have him franchise-tagged. Like if you're gonna if it's tag you're it then it's like Josh Jacobs you know is probably going to do less for your organization because he's going to resent the fact that he's you know he got tagged oh okay well that means they don't want to play ball you know so I'm not gonna play ball you know that's what that's what might happen if he gets franchise tagged so watch out for that announcement and then we'll see where uh, Vegas's chances go as far as having a you know a decent offense.
2: Probably end up being like a, uh, a tryout for another team that the, this upcoming season will then become a tryout for another team. Yeah. Right. So get a big ass check.
3: Yeah. It's, right.
2: Usually it's about ten million dollars for that tag right now. Yeah. Just get get that guarantee and, you know, and
0: try to stay as healthy as you can
2: for your next team. Yeah,
0: I, I think that's where, where it's headed. We've seen a couple of running backs uh, uh, get get franchise tagged recently and they make that big money. As long as they stay healthy, you go on to your next team, and and you get signed to the big money deal. And as long as you have a decent enough year, I mean, you break a thousand, it, you're you're basically going for big money. And but the average running back career is what
2: three, four years, if that.
0: Well, uh, well, the average so. I think is eight in the league. Um, but but the the best years it's about three to four. I mean, um, right. be it injuries start. To
1: Unless up. your name is Frank Gore.
0: Yeah, that right. man, unbelievable. But uh, you know he's still playing. Yeah, that's all. That's all the
2: backyard.
0: Yep. And then uh, uh, other players, other or other running backs, rather, getting getting paid, but you know franchise tagged. I guess you got Tony Pollard first of all. The Cowboys are in in limbo right now. They're gonna franchise tag running back Tony Pollard if the two sides can't work out a contract by Tuesday's deadline. That'll be a ten million dollar franchise tag for Tony Pollard. But then, on top of it, the Cowboys have also said the re- and, and they haven't come out and said this, but this is the report from Adam Schefter: is that the Cowboys are reportedly done with Ezekiel Elliott and are rumored to have plans to move on from him this off season. And That's saves a them,
1: bad move.
0: Saves them five point one million on the on the salary cap, uh, and it gives them an eleven point eight dead cap hit to release him. Uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. On one end, I, I know. People have been pointing out, well, Zeke's production has is, is fallen. Zeke's production is going That's down. True. He, That's he, true. But, but he's also been in a timeshare for two years. I mean, how can we sit here and talk about his numbers dropping, or whatever the case may be, when Zeke Elliott has been in a timeshare with Tony Pollard? I mean, it's no wonder <laughs> his, his numbers have gone down. They've been, they were literally this season going drive for drive one, one drive would be Zeke, and then the next drive would be Pollard. And then the next drive would be Zeke, and the next drive would be Pollard. And that's what they were doing all games, like entire games, all season long. It just doesn't make sense for them to be pointing the finger at Zeke as though he's the problem when you're not giving him the proper workload or the same workload that he was getting in the past. It just seems silly. Um, but maybe that's just me. Uh, I think Zeke Elliott, if he does wind up going elsewhere – uh, and Alex, you and I talked a little bit about this on, on, uh, offline here. Yep. Buffalo seems like a great fit for him, does it, doesn't it? I mean it...
1: yeah we were Alex, talking about you... it we, what what have we been saying like pretty much all like like several episodes last year? Buffalo really has no running game. Devin Singletary was not the answer. you know, I drafted him in fantasy and it kind of bit me in the ass. you know he had like one or two great games. You know, James Cook came in to try to help save the day. And then, you know, what? what's his face, you know, was was third string behind. So it's like, OK, Devin Singletary is definitely not the answer in Buffalo. And neither is James Cook. So, you know, if you bring a guy like Zeke into the fold and you give him the football, you know, have him remind people why he's such a bulldozer, why he was such a highly touted prospect out of Ohio State, why he has the name value that he has. You know, especially with a pedigree like Dallas behind him, you know, if you don't stick him in a timeshare, you can you can you'll see his numbers explode, you know, even if it, even if it's with a completely different team. But I thought we thought the first thing I thought about was, oh, my God, Buffalo.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great fit. Boots, what do you think?
2: Well, uh, I can I can see exactly where you're coming from, but Buffalo is going to need help on that offensive line. Yep. If they oh, want yeah. to. Guy I like it because what is it? Ezekiel Elliott been used to a strong offensive top line. ten offensive line, yeah, opening yep. holes, pushing the pile, stuff like that. Like he's, you know, he's not done. He being Zeke, he's not. He's not quite done yet, but you can you can see the sunset coming. Right. Well, he's 27
1: years old, and I believe uh, he's right around the prime of his career. You know, if you as long as you uh, use him properly, you know, he's at the point where it's like, okay, he's right at the top of the mountain. I mean, he will start to slide down like a 29, 30, 31. But, you know, he's 27. You know, he's right there. So this is a tremendous opportunity for a team to take advantage of Zeke's youth while it lasts.
0: We talk about the peak for NFL players, you know, and and a lot of times that peak for NFL players is anywhere from the span of 27 to 32, 33 years old. Running backs are a little different. Yeah, You know, running backs, you're talking about the younger, the better almost, you know. Yes. So you are talking about 27, I mean I think he's got about 27, 28, 29 and then 30 is where he sh- starts sliding down the hill. Uh and and that it, Zeke has ha- already had a, a plethora of injuries throughout his career. We know this. Uh I don't know that Tony Pollard's the better hit better player. I do think Tony Tony Pollard is going to wind up I think he's more explosive. Yeah. Yeah. I do I think he's more explosive, whereas Zeke is more of a grinded out type of bulldozer type of runner, like Alex said. um Pollard is an explosive electric type of running back. He's going to give you those big plays. he's a special runner um and he's only twenty five
2: and I'm wondering but I'm wondering if Pollard is a an every down back yep, right, right. because as you've just been pointing out over the last couple of seasons, there have been a, they've been in this timeshare yes. And Z had been used to that. So maybe for the next couple of years, he's got more tread on the tires. he's more vi- valuable mm-hmm. right now because he has been in the timeshare. So, so physically he's, you know, less wear and tear. So that's, that's good for him. And, and of course, over in Buffalo, they've got RB twos, you know, a plenty. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'll, I don't, he's, it, it, it's hard for me to, Place him as a foundation as an NFL foundational RB one.
0: I just I haven't seen it, but I don't see it at the same time. Yeah, I I want to see if Pollard. Yeah, and I'm with you there. I want to see if Pollard can be an RB one. We have uh, there's a lot of questions there. Let's also not forget that Tony Pollard has suffered season-ending injuries in the past. Um, so we, I want to see if if Tony Pollard can stay durable enough being an RB one, being a bell cow back for a, for a franchise. Especially one like Dallas, who loves to run the football. Especially when you got Mike McCarthy now and Brian
2: Schottenheimer, that old school philosophy. Of course, yeah, they're going to run the football.
0: Yep. And uh, another guy that is going to be out there, and this was huge news the other day. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, another guy that's going to be out there. Bucks release running back Leonard Fournette this week. Lots of mm-hmm. running backs get. Fournette, another big bulldozer. A guy I was very surprised to see them let go. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're moving out of the Tom Brady era. The The Buccaneers are getting ready for a rebuild. Let's just face it. They're, they're mm-hmm. on their way to a rebuild. I, I keep seeing stuff like uh, uh, Bruce Arians seems to think that they're in um, great shape with Kyle Trask at quarterback, which I think is a disaster. Um, but cool. you know, hey, it is. It is. And then on top of it, you know, I, I, they do have—I I believe his name is Rashad White over there, the, the running back, the backup, yeah. <clears throat> who played extremely well. The running game was damn near non-existent for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, Ooh. and and I think mm. Fournette going elsewhere is probably the best thing for him at this mm. point. I, I he 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 put up career low numbers over there this year, and and they barely used the guy. Yeah, it was. It, I I was blown away after week eight. Leonard Fournette was was hardly used. White was used more, it, they still have Keyshawn Vaughn over there in Tampa. So I don't know that they necessarily need a ca- uh, running back the caliber of Leonard Fournette. But Fournette's going to sign on somewhere, and he's going to do some damage somewhere. This could be a good signing for someone out there. Could be for Dallas. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be. That could. <laughs> you know, it, it might might necessarily be the guy that they need. I mean so Boots, where do you think that Leonard Fournette winds up? Do you think he winds up getting paid the Buku dollars or do you think he gets more of a Melvin Gordon deal? I kinda lean toward the Melvin Gordon deal.
2: I would say the Melvin Gordon deal because you know he's now he's gonna command a higher price because of you know the success that he had in Tampa, right? Like Super Bowl ring, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh He's a very better out of the backfield catching the football than I thought. Yes. When he was coming out of LSU and, and, and then his early days in Jacksonville because they didn't really use him like that in that uh system. Mm-hmm. But when Brady gets to town, gets to Tampa and 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 Fournette follows, next thing you know, he's catching passes, you know, damn near as many passes as anybody else in the league. And I'm and I was a little shocked by that. Gotta yeah. got admit. So any team who, who values a guy who can run between the tackles, because you saw it in Tampa, mm-hmm. he still had, he still can do that at that size. He can catch the ball. I, anybody should go after. Anyone who who definitely wants to win it, maybe Cincinnati moves on from Joe Mixon. Yeah,
0: absolutely, I agree. I think they they could move on from Joe Mixon. Yeah. Um, and and that's another thing that's that's coming on. Uh, the Bengals director of play, uh, director of player personnel Duke Tobin says he's not sure if Joe Mixon will be returning. Uh, Mixon is due nine point six million in twenty twenty three. He carries a thirteen point one million dollar cap hit with only a two point seven five million dollar dead cap hit if he's released. Alex. Joe Mixon, uh, I know we love this guy. You and I both, um, we we both picked him up in fantasy at one point. Mm-hmm. This guy's a special runner, likes to lower the shoulder, um, has had a few injury issues in the past, but we could see a dead cap hit here. It's very, very small and a big cap saving. You could see Joe Mixon going elsewhere. What do you think? Do you think he stays in Cincinnati? Do you think he should stay in Cincinnati? Do you think they should restructure him? What do you take on this guy?
1: Well... Um, anything's possible because, you know, it's, it's, it's off season. That said, uh, my personal opinion on the matter is that, you know, Cincinnati, uh, should probably try to restructure his deal to try to, you know, make, you know, so that so they could save a little bit of room on the cap, but they shouldn't get rid of him because he's provided, he's paid dividends. Uh, many many dividends. He got them to it you know not in this, not he alone. I mean obviously that team made it to the AFC championship for the second year in a row. you know he was definitely a big part of that. and you know I think if the Cincinnati wants to keep that momentum going with uh, the, the triple threat of uh, I'm calling him the triple threat officially uh, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins and Jamar Chase. You know, and and you know, and and then Joe Cool, you know, under center, you know, and and having Joe Mixon in the backfield, that combination on offense is tremendous. Yes, they need to fix their offensive line like nobody's business. But uh to their credit, you know, throughout the season, you know, you know, whether it was the game Buffalo or whether it was, you know, the game the game that they had to prove themselves against the Ravens, you know, that team, you know, dug up f- dug up from from uh adversity and joe mixon's a big part of that i think he should he it would behoove cincinnati if joe mixon stays but it would behoove joe mixon if he could you know uh uh plow his wares elsewhere for lack of a better term
0: and let's not forget let's not forget that cincinnati does have a late round draft pick notoriously the running back position doesn't get drafted very high i mean we we It's rare that we see a Saquon Barkley situation, running backs going top five, top three, things like that. That doesn't happen very often unless you have a Saquon Barkley college star or an Adrian Peterson style college star. You don't you don't see that happen in the NFL at this point in time Uh, where the Bengals are positioned. They're in kind of prime position to be picking up a running back. I I think they could find their running back in the future. Mm. Boots, Joe Mixon, where do we go here with him? I think Mixon is
2: uh I mean he, he's got talent but but he's he's just a guy. And mm-hmm. I don't see I don't see him being the next level. I I just don't. Yeah. He he's okay cuz here's the thing. Samaji P Ryan was on the field a lot more than I expected him to be mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season and especially in the playoffs where you need your key guys where you need your you know your top guys. You know, Mixon's on the bench, and P. Ryan isn't.
0: Yeah. Now, that tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, I like Sabadji Piran, actually. Yeah. I, I do like him a lot. I, I don't know that he's an every down back, but but I do like P. Ryan. And in those times where he has had to step in for Joe Mixon, he's been effective. Yes, he has been. So So, it, maybe it's the system, uh, but uh, like I said, I think the, the um, Bengals are kind of in a prime real estate right now. You yeah. know, especially with the NFL draft, having that late round draft pick, they've got the talent, they've got the ability to go out and get a running back of the future, even even in the second round, if they move in, in the second round and do that.
2: And here's the thing,
0: you don't always, you don't take,
2: as Emory Hunt says, you don't take any running back in the first round, no. But when you identify the
0: guy to take in the first round, you take him. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, so, yeah, lots of running backs getting moved around this league and, and getting, getting uh, shipped off to, to free agency it could be a, a very interesting situation. Uh, another guy that got shipped off to free agency this week, a guy you're pretty familiar with, Alex, is uh, the Giants are releasing wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so. yeah, they're going to make him a post-June 1st cut so they can spread his 14.7 million cap hit over two seasons so it'll it'll be spread as for far. Sure. Yeah, so they can pay Daniel Jones. Yeah, 40%. probably. You watch.
1: <laughs> oh boy, what? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah,
0: it doesn't make sense. But it'll be about a seven point three five million dollar cap hit each year for the next two years for Kenny Galladay getting released. Um, you know, Galladay has been so underwhelming since leaving Detroit. I think he was an excellent scheme fit for Detroit, and then him going over there to to. The Giants has been a disaster. It's mm-hmm. been a disaster since day one. We remember the reports coming out about how Kenny Galladay was in contract negotiations but actually took a call in the bathroom, and it was the the Baltimore Ravens calling him, trying to negotiate a deal with him while he was in the Giants facility, and someone <laughs> overheard him in a bathroom stall negotiating with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff mm. coming out. So, mm-hmm. What are they doing in the bathroom? I was over there and he's with him. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it's something he was crazy. He's probably
1: lightning his load a little bit, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, but but Kenny Galladay apparently excused himself from the meeting to go into the bathroom and negotiate with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I, I mean, allegedly, I'll say allegedly, allegedly, but, <laughs> allegedly. But you know, it's it, it's just a wild uh, uh, a situation there. Kenny Galladay hits free agency. I think his career is over at this point. I think he's basically done uh boots what do you think of Kenny Galladay do you think I think he's toast
2: uh well I wouldn't go so far as to say that um maybe you know maybe lightly toasted but but I don't think he's <laughs> toast period uh yes in Detroit he was a he was a, he was a, a wide target that was uh Stafford really liked throwing to Galladay and, mm. we, and when we saw it we said man this guy shows all of the prototypical you know stylings of a an A one top level receiver. Yeah, and when he goes to the Giants, we think, oh shoot, uh oh, he's taking his talents to New York, and you know, bright lights, big city, and it never quite worked out. The talent is still there, as far as far as his ability. He'll if he went somewhere, let's say he goes to Chicago mm-hmm. to uh, a quarterback like Justin Field, who is, eh, on the on the accuracy, right. So you can use that big frame and that and those long arms and that and that catch radius, right? To, to where you don't have to be so accurate, and you can just get it in the vicinity. Just get it to where he can make a play on it, and he's shown the ability to do that, especially with Stafford.
0: Yeah, big body guy, uh, very capable in traffic. I, I, I yeah. we've seen that quite often. Alex, you love Kenny Galladay, or you loved him when he was part of the Detroit Lions <laughs> at this point. The Giants and you're going woo. We dodged a bullet with that twenty million dollar deal, didn't we? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's 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 uh, refreshing to know that. Uh, I, I, okay, so yeah, I mean the the situation uh, that that Kenny has found himself in 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 New York, and now that he's getting cut. You know. I, I will agree with Boots in saying that he's lightly toasted. I mean, he's not completely toasted. He might go to another team. Uh, you know, as far as uh, his ability, I mean, I, I don't question his ability to catch the football. I don't question his ability as a wide receiver. Uh, but at at best, he's probably a wide receiver too, you know. And, and that's probably putting it, uh, and that's probably being generous uh, in these in this day and age. Uh, but if you if you're gonna send him out the door, you know where's he gonna go? I mean, what team is really looking for a wide receiver too? Nobody's really look. No, nobody really looks for a wide receiver too unless you can get him on the cheap. And you know, m- you know, I could probably think of a. I can't think of any teams off the top of my head where he could possibly go and and be of a significant impact. You know, he'd probably just be another guy hanging out in the roster. Like, okay, well. Our guys down. Can you come in and do some reps for him while we we, we you know straighten out his hammy or whatever?
0: Well, I can think of a, a couple of teams that he could be a wide receiver two for, and it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, there are a few teams that are going to be looking for a wide receiver two. Uh, first and foremost, one of those teams, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans are are went a uh, releasing spree this week. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of blown away by the guys that they gave up. Uh, they released. Offensive tackle Taylor Lewan. He's arguably one of the best offensive tackles in all of football. I'm blown mm-hmm. away by it. they go out and release wide receiver Robert Woods, which is the guy that I makes me think that uh, hey, they're gonna need a wide receiver two over there for Traylon Burks because apparently they I mean, must really tra- believe he's Traylon
1: Burks is and, his is himself a wide receiver too.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then the Titans also released kicker Randy Bullock, which was actually a really surprising move. Three surprising moves. I think, so first and foremost, jumping into Taylor LeJuan. There are a lot of teams out there that are going to be in the market for this guy. He's going to get paid huge money no matter where he goes.
1: Cincinnati?
0: Yeah, Cincinnati would be a great fit. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a great fit. They need to fix their offensive line. The Dallas Cowboys would be a great fit. They need offensive tackles. There there are teams out there that Buffalo. can Buffalo would be excellent for him, especially if they go out and they pick up a running back.
1: If you they know, get Zeke.
0: Yeah, there are teams. The the Raiders would be an excellent pickup, but an excellent yeah. spot for him. I mean, and that's going to be a big money signing. Somebody's going to wheel and deal for Taylor Luan. I love Taylor Lewan, especially in those run-heavy teams, those run-heavy sets. A team like Seattle might be a good fit, especially with with how rough their offensive line was last year. Getting a guy like Taylor Luan on that edge would be really nice. I, I feel like there are plenty of teams out there that are going to be willing to pay big money for him, and I think he's going to wind up getting paid anywhere from seventeen to twenty million a year. I think he's he's in that range. He's still got the age. He's I mean, Taylor Lewan's a great player. Uh, Boots. Taylor Wan, where do you think he winds up, or do you? Where, how much do you think he gets paid? Well, I can't speak to that. What I can speak to is his play. Right?
2: Yeah. And Taylor LeWan is he's a he's a tone setter. Yes. On the offensive line, what he is, he brings more value, and maybe not in terms of scheme, in terms of protections, in terms of. of uh, fundamentals and technique, what he brings is a mean streak
3: mm-hmm. to your
2: offensive line. He is a nasty offensive nasty tackle. Nasty ta- yeah. tackle. So, and that's what uh, that's what he brings. So, in, in a veteran leadership uh, type of capability, that's what every team is, is going to need. But yeah, the teams, you know, we just talked about Dallas and Buffalo and, 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 and Raiders. Anyone could use, it. you know, let's just, you know, say that. And I also think that these are these releases are almost power plays by the GM because the the GM and, and the coach situation there in
0: Tennessee is kind of funky. Yeah, you got a new general manager yeah. over there too. That's the that's the other big thing. It's a brand new general manager who, um, uh, Ryan Carthon, over there. Yeah, which, you know, it's like,
2: and mm, I don't think he and, and and Mike Vrabel are on the same page. Yeah. Right. Because I don't if Mike Vrabel knew that Taylor LeJuan was getting released, he said, well, send me out the door too." Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I think would say. So I think there's some fishy going on there in uh, the Robert Woods uh, aspect. Uh, Robert Woods to the Detroit Lions confirmed.
0: Uh, uh, no, <laughs> you no. Know, it- Actually, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm going to go quite the opposite route. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Robert Woods, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, given his history, uh-huh. given uh-huh. his history of being with the, the Rams yeah. during that Super Bowl run. And then all those years where that Rams yeah. offense was so high powered with Kevin O'Connell, yeah. Alex, you Which know, quarterback knows
2: Robert Woods better than than Jared Goffman. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there but but you
0: but you know, Kirk Cousins over there. <laughs> no. Yeah, give him another weapon, please. Yeah, g- yeah. Give Kirk- He he
1: does <laughs> he does need weapons. That's true.
0: <laughs> well, well he- the thing is, if Kirk Cousins winds up uh, uh, having a great year. You know, we're we're going to, and we'll be talking about that in a minute. We might be talking about a long-term deal. Who knows? But, and we'll be talking about that in a second. But Robert Woods, Alex, what do you, I know you like Robert Woods. I like Robert Woods. I mean, he's a good player. He's been used, when he was with the Rams, he was being used in in kind of an interesting role. It was a pass catching situation. He was a wide receiver, but they like to run a lot of gadget plays with him, which was kind of interesting to see. Uh, you got to see a lot of reverses and things of that nature. Where do you think Robert Woods winds up? Do you think he gets signed to big money? What What do you think?
1: Well, for sure. I mean, he'll probably get signed to big money. I mean, especially since the Titans were stupid enough to let him go. Um, I'd love to see him in Detroit, you know, and have him rekindle that, uh, uh, you know, camaraderie, that friendship with uh, Jared Goff. And, you know, well, D- Detroit has plenty of offensive weapons to begin with. Um, so it'll only help Detroit to get uh, get a guy like Robert Woods. Obviously, obviously the Lions' biggest thing is defense. You know, we can talk about that in a minute. You know, I could see him going to Minnesota, especially uh, if he you know goes back to, to Kevin O'Connell and because uh, you know he was under O'Connell under that offensive coordinator position. Uh, you know that you know that Rams team that year won a Super Bowl. So, you know, uh, he, 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 can see the value in having Kevin O'Connell as his coach. Um, you know, he could go somewhere completely different too. You know, the NFL is weird. So, uh, I mean, Detroit and Minnesota do seem to be like the top two, the, the top two runners, uh, for that. But, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go somewhere completely different. Uh, I mean, depending on how, how, depending on how much sense it makes depends, but, um, but yeah, I, I really think that he's gonna he's gonna get. I would probably put him at, you know, twenty to twenty five million.
2: Uh, you think he's going that high? I'm
1: huh? um, I'm gonna I'm gonna especially if they're if they're looking to wheel and deal a little bit. Uh, it's a little bold, <laughs> you know. As I'm sitting here saying it out loud, but uh, I I think that uh, you know he's definitely he's definitely worth the investment.
2: Excellent professionals. Excellent professional receiver. He gets open, and some and he brings the ball in. You you wanted a wide receiver, get get the ball. that's yep. the ball. Yep. That's just
0: he's yeah, Robert Woods is a great receiver. I, I do think you know he's been used notoriously as a number two type of receiver, yeah. in, in, you and you know, perfect. He, he was used. To, he was supposed to be the number one with the Rams, and he wound up being the number two behind Cooper Cup, and and yeah. that's unfortunate. I think that Robert Woods, in my opinion, he is a number one caliber receiver. I think he's capable of being a number one caliber receiver. I'm I'm fully on board with that. I I think that in and if he does get become a number one wherever he's gonna go, I could see him getting paid the caliber money that Alex is talking about here, that 20 million range. I could see that if they're gonna use him as a number one, if that's their intention. If he gets go comes over as a number two. You could be talking about like, and and I hate to put it, you could be talking about high end running back money, where we're talking 15, million. 15 17. yeah, yeah, somewhere in that I range. That. I could see that. Excellent
2: hand. hands, excellent route runner.
0: The the only question for Robert Woods is the age, and and, and really coming we're off of injury, coming off the like injury and removed. And, yep, but we're talking about a thirty year old receiver at this point, so there yeah. are questions there. But you know, but he's sad. yeah, he is, he is very very good, and they like I said, they use him in a lot of these gadget plays, these handoffs out of the backfield, these little sweeps. It's kind of an interesting situation. He could be a good fit for the Vikings, and the Vikings reportedly will not be signing Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal. They're going to let him play out the rest of his existing 2024 contract. We're going to see what happens there, because if he has a big year, I do think he gets re-signed, but the Vikings also, and I know Boots, you were just soaking your jockeys about this one. The Vikings reportedly met with the Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson, at the NFL scouting combine. I know you were just super excited. We were talking about it. It was funny. We, I, you said, oh, I love Anthony Richardson and I don't like Anthony Richardson at all. And then two days later, Anthony Richardson's getting interviewed by the Vikings. Just blow my brains out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. uh, I got my, I got my popcorn ready.
2: Oh, God, imagine the possibility. Imagine Anthony Richardson dropping back, standing in the field, and he's got K.J. Osborne, and he's got Justin Jefferson running down the field, and he puts that thing in a dome, He puts that thing up. Yeah, Anthony Richardson, he needs to work on pacing, some, a little bit of timing, and touch. Yes, but he's got excellent mechanics. And that ball comes out with such velocity. He throws. He throws just about everything as a ninety-yard fastball. You can't do that,
3: right? Mm-hmm, right? You
2: need to, fe- you know, put a little feather on it, right? You put
0: some feather on it, man. He can make every single throw when when his when he is throwing like from a clean pocket, and and, and you know he can he 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 shows promise of yes. great mechanics. The problem I have is is there are certain mechanical things that that cause accuracy issues, particularly the footwork. It's the footwork for me that really and he's going to have to figure that out because right now I look at him like a Lamar Jackson type player going into his rookie year where remember Lamar for example ran all over the place. He's an athlete, we know that, but Lamar was not accurate at all he could i mean it was terrible for his first season lamar was awful accuracy wise we sat on this show alex tyler myself we sat on this show saying lamar's accuracy is trash and that he's a great runner and that's great but um you know in the second year he developed that accuracy i'll say that if anthony richardson gets picked up by whatever team if he gets picked up by the vikings and he can run all over the place, and he can develop that accuracy that we want to see because he doesn't have cannon on him. I we I mean that yeah. he can chuck that thing the length of the field if he feels like it. He's got an arm that travels. Yes, right. It, you
2: can take him into you can take him in the snowy buffalo. Yeah, doesn't matter. You can take him to Soldier Field, wind swirling. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, the ball is getting where it needs to go every time he throws it. So, but it, again, if you can teach him a little pacing, touch. Uh, take a little off the ball when when you need to, put the mustard on when you have to. Yeah, right. Because you already got it. Yeah, you know. it yeah. just about everything he throws, you know, he he's gonna get the ball where it needs to go. Yeah, he's not gonna have Mac Jones problems. No, and, you don't want go
3: crazy, right? We're,
2: we're not gonna see that. No, not at all. <clears throat> Man, I, I I really like his I, I really like his tape. I really like he's he's a he's a quiet leader, mm-hmm. right? And. Over the last three seasons at Florida, he was subject to coaching changes, Mm -hmm. right? major head coaching changes, and now he's going to be going into the NFL. And again, wherever he goes, if he can just sit and learn to play the position
0: from a pro perspective, he'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah and that's that's going to be the big thing is is if you if you do draft Anthony Richardson say the Vikings do draft him yeah. and they sit him on the bench and yeah, they've got to. Kirk Cousins I think Kirk Cousins sitting in front of him would be brilliant.
3: Yes. I think
0: that would be a great way to get your quarterback in the future yes. um ready to go sitting behind a quarterback who realistically I mean Should is be not. Yeah well <laughs> not, well not only that but, I mean we we bag on the Kirk right, and, and right? I get that but the one thing I will say about Kirk Cousins and and as far as like, I have issues with Kirk, you know, and, and there's Kirk stands out there in Twitter land, and I had to get the hell off of Twitter because, goddamn. But anyway, it, there's Kirk Cousins, says, the Kirk stands out there, and what they do is they they point to all of the, the accuracy, which is he's got great accuracy. Kirk has, has great accuracy, he's got a really good arm, um, and, and every now and then his decision making, yeah, okay. He's not as mobile as you'd like, right. but he's very durable. That's one thing you can That's say durable. about Kirk. He's a very durable yeah, quarterback. Any
2: game. I will yep. say that.
0: You, you don't have to worry about Kirk missing games outside of the one he missed for COVID. I mean, yeah. stuff like that. But realistically, uh, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, Anthony Richardson sitting behind Kirk Cousins, learning the 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 accuracy, Learn, you know, it's something that kind of can't be talked, but it kind of is, uh, learning how to make calls at the line because Kirk Cousins Well, he didn't make calls at the line with Zimmer. He looked like a completely entire, entirely different quarterback this year. And and being a young quarterback going with a young offensive coordinator, uh, who if Richardson were to start in say 2024, that would be Kevin O'Connell's third year as a head coach. He's a young OC. He's one of the youngest coaches in the NFL. And and his, I think Kevin O'Connell is smart enough to be able to move toward Richardson's strengths. I think it's it's a smart play if they if they go that route and have him sit behind Kirk. But he's going to have to learn yeah. sitting behind Kirk Cousins. Uh, that That's going to be an, an issue in itself. Alex, I know we've sat here and bagged on Kirk Cousins on this podcast in the past. I know that um, I'm okay with them not giving him another big deal. Eventually, we got to move on from the Kirk Cousins story. What do you think about Kirk Cousins? Do you think they should draft a quarterback this year? If so, do you think it should be Anthony Richardson? What do you make of this?
1: Well, it certainly would behoove them to you know get a quarterback of the future, whether it's Richardson or not. Um, and to your point, you know we've had the Kirk Cousins experiment for several years now, and none of them have resulted in Super Bowls. Let's yeah. uh, Super Bowl victory, much less Super Bowl victories. Let's just you know call facts. You know as you have stated many times, you know, your expectation is we're winning a soup. We're getting a Lombardi trophy that yep. literally, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we said that, well, that should be the expectation of every NFL fan. Uh, hold on. Pump the brakes. <laughs> I, I, as a Detroit fan, uh, know better. <laughs> Let's be honest. We, we had, we had the Matt mill years. We've had the, but to the point of wow. Kirk cousins, go ahead.
0: Here's the problem: is that Kirk Cousins, you you made this big commitment to Kirk, and and when you first signed him, and then you went out and you said, "Okay, we're going to go ahead and restructure Kirk," and you restructured him, and then this upcoming season you restructured him, and then you tagged on a bunch of those void years. So after this upcoming season, Kirk Cousins will still have a cap hit for the Vikings of twelve million dollars and a cap hit for the Vikings of six million dollars. Uh, the following year. So we're still going to be paying Kirk Cousins' boo dollars. My problem is is that you made all of these moves, and to me, you said Super Bowl or bust. Uh, that's that's what they said to me. They said, mm-hmm. we are going to sign Kirk Cousins for a two-year deal. We're going to bring him in. We're going to keep the window open that we, we believe is, is open and we believe is there, and we're going to keep him there, and it's Super Bowl or bust. And if we don't win a Super Bowl, what? We bust. You know, it's at that po- point. It's a big fucking waste of time, and and I I don't buy the the a lot of people bought into this term, and I don't buy it. Competitive rebuild. I, I remember Quasi mm. adopting coming out and saying that competitive rebuild. I don't buy competitive rebuild. I'm sorry, you can't just rebuild the damn thing. Yeah. Just just go out there and let's let's go ahead and save some cap space. Let's go younger and faster. Let's do what we got to do. But competitive rebuild doesn't get it done. And and they extended Kirk Cousins for that that and and Kirk Cousins contract realistically according to the market a very reasonable deal because he only got paid 36 million this year. Which I mean in in regular people terms like us, I mean that's all right, how it's like. Right. Yeah, I'll take 36 million. I'll but tired. but <laughs> but when we're talking about 36 million dollars for an NFL quarterback really who has played extraordinarily well um as far as his accuracy goes but we got to face the facts as much as we bag on kirk for being a check down charlie because he is whether or not anybody wants to admit it whether or not the kirk stands when i admit it kirk cousins is a check down charlie he gets into the pressure and he checks it down to the nearest running back checks it down to the nearest tight end he's a check down charlie but at the end of the day kirk cousins very accurate right doesn't miss games He's, he's perennially a 4,000-plus-yard quarterback every single season. He perennially throws for, for uh, 30 touchdowns a year. I mean, it, it is what it is. Kirk has not been a bad quarterback. He's just not been a great quarterback. He's not been a Super Bowl quarterback. He hasn't been a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, and that's my what every Vikings fan's issue has been for the last five years, is we were told five years ago after that NFC title game, or six years ago now, after that NFC title game in 2017, we were told that we were one Kirk Cousins away from a Super Bowl. That's Mm -hmm. what we were told. And since then, we have had two playoff berths, one playoff win, and an ass kicking at the hands of the Giants. That's what we've got. So that's why people are, are uppity, and that's why I've been uppity, because I was told that I was one Kirk Cousins away from celebrating my team as Super Bowl champions, and it just hasn't happened. And a lot of people like to point fingers elsewhere, and I understand this year the defense was bad. I will admit that wholeheartedly.
1: Mm-hmm. But you backed the defense all last year. But in 2018 and
0: 2019, when Kirk Cousins was brought into the fold, okay, they had a top five, and uh, I think it was number five and number nine, respectively, defense-wise. So he wound up with two top ten defenses and still didn't get the shit done. So. I have my questions about what in the hell we're doing here. At this point, do I think he's he's gonna win us a Super Bowl? No. no. But is no. he a transition quarterback to our quarterback of the future under the Kevin O'Connell system? Absolutely. Yes. And I think that's where he fits. He's very much in the Alex Smith role leading into Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he is an above and above average. I'll give him credit. He's an above average Absolutely. NFL quarterback. Yes. Yeah, very much above average. But that's it. Yeah, but he's not worth the long term expe- extension, especially at his current age, yeah. and and especially with what we've seen over the last five years. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the big thing. Um, so the Vikings making me concerned. <laughs> but We'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it goes from there. Um, we did have more guys getting. Well, first of all, let's talk about other guys possibly getting signed. Jalen Hurts. Uh, they're in discussions with the Eagles right now. Jalen Hurts is. Uh, but A.J. Brown, uh, the wide receiver A.J. Brown, has come out and said on, uh, on the topic if you do not pay Jalen Hurts, you can just ship me off to wherever he's going to go. And oh. I don't. Yeah, that, that's a, a big one. Um, I don't blame them. I think they have a great rapport. I think Jalen Hurts had a great year. I think mm. him and A.J. Brown get along gloriously. Um, Brown was a thousand plus yard receiver this year, one of the top receivers in the game. Um, he had a, a, a far better year than he's ever had at all with the Titans. Um, and the, I mean, I, I, get the excitement. He's also going to have a little bit of an offensive coordinator situation going on because the Eagles have promoted their quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson, to offensive coordinator. So they get a new offensive coordinator. They also hired their new defensive coordinator. Uh, former Seahawks defensive assistant and assistant head coach Sean Desai is their new defensive coordinator, which is a great hire, in my opinion. I love that. Um, starting out with the Jalen Hurts stuff, boots, AJ Brown, um, making a statement here. Obviously,
2: mm-hmm. I mean, talk do- about twisting the organization's arm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, ask AJ, if they if they ship Jalen Hurts to Target. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be down with wearing that red, yeah, yeah, polo, brother. It's gonna be gonna be moving them carts all over the, <laughs> yeah. all over. The. Hey, hey, if he's working on the floor, I'm working on the floor.
3: <laughs>
2: if he's taking carts, I'm taking carts. No, I, I, I like. I, I don't know if I like the statement, but I like the sentiment behind it. Yes, right. Like, hey, this guy is good. This is, yeah, this is our guy. Yeah, yeah. this is the guy that we need for this organization and for you know AJ Brown to make that statement. You know, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, sense.
0: I agree. I, I think it makes sense. And it makes dollars for Jalen Hurts. Yep. And hopefully. Alex, Jalen Hurts, uh, mm-hmm. how much do you think this man is going to get paid? Um, where, where are you at on this? I, I, I think obviously Jalen Hurts does need to get paid. He does need an extension at this point. He's proven his worth. Um, You know, wh- what do you make of this? How much do you think he gets paid? where are we
1: going here he's russell wilson when russell wilson first started let let me start there uh he he is as just as effective of a runner as he is a passer and we have seen him grow as a passer <laughs> so you know he is definitely going to get paid buku dollars uh is he going to get 40 or 50 million mm, i don't know i mean it's he's certainly much more worthy of a 40 million dollar contract than dak was and uh, he's definitely worth more he's definitely w- more worthy of a 40 million dollar contract than lamar jackson uh, but is he going to get paid 40 million that's a question mark um easily 35 but he's definitely he is definitely a a franchise Okay, Okay. I, I'm going to take that back. Not necessarily franchise quarterback for Philadelphia. He's a great quarterback no matter what. He's definitely in the top five. I'm going to be bold and say top five because you know, obviously there's Patty Mahomes and everybody else, <laughs> and Jalen Hurts yeah. is a part of that list. So he's he's definitely getting paid Buku dollars, and I'm going to go ahead and say comfortably $35 And uh, And uh,
0: that's comfortably but one thing i will say is that uh, if they do sign him this year i think he gets a kyler murray deal i think we're going to be talking about 45 million dollars especially because mm. of the super bowl with no yeah the,
1: the super bowl appearance definitely helps
0: yeah, yeah yeah kyler murray sort of set the market in that situation right. i i do think that because of the fact that that he is sort of early in his career you know and and really he is he jalen hurts yeah. is very early in his career kyler murray rookie, was very, is he not what was that?
1: He's a rookie, is he not? Well, he was a rookie last year, was he not?
0: Uh no, it was two years ago. Was
1: okay. Uh, he's, but yeah, right. He's definitely new.
0: But he's he's a younger quarterback. He's gonna. They're talking extension with him now. Uh, I think Hertz gets gets a, a whopping deal. To be honest,ly I think we're talking forty five. I don't think he's getting fifty. I don't. It's gonna be tough for a little while for people like unless your name is Aaron Rodgers or or Patrick Mahomes. It's gonna be tough. To get that Buku money, the fifty-plus million, uh, mm. Lamar is kind mm. of flirting with it. He's trying to flirt with it, and I try. I understand he's trying to flirt with it, but I think Jalen Hurts, realistically, if you're going to pay the man, I I do think you're talking forty-five. I, I think oh, that's yeah. about where we're where we're at. And well, another thing is,
2: uh, I just saw that the Eagles are going to have to try to come up with some money for uh, linebackers, uh, Brandon Graham. Yeah. have to try to come up with some James Bradbury at the cornerback spot. Yep. Chauncey Gardner Johnson at the uh, nickel corner spot. So those are three key cogs on that defense that was so good. Yes. It was super raw. (laughs) That was so good that you're going to have to try to
0: pay at least two of those three guys. Yeah. So I'm with you there. I, I think, I think, um, Bradbury had a career resurgence but I, I don't know if it's a if it's a one-off I know Graham is getting up there in the years though so That's I mean true. we got there's questions uh as far as that team goes and and their opponents in that Super Bowl the Chiefs also making some interesting moves here uh first of all former Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy officially signs on as the commander's offensive coordinator now we were talking about this possibly happening last show um, and then the Chiefs and this one kind of just drove me crazy. Uh, The Chiefs go out and they promote former Bears head coach Matt Nagy to the offensive coordinator position. Um, We know Matt Nagy was sort of a surprising, uh, enigmatic type of head coach uh, his first couple of years there in Chicago with Trubisky. And they did all kinds of fancy stuff, a lot of trick plays. Um, I don't know how Nagy is going to turn out as an offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. I mean, thankfully, he's got Andy Reid sitting above him, which is kind of nice. But and, and he's got Patrick Mahomes at his disposal. But Matt Nagy is the new O.C. And then obviously Eric Bieniemy. we talked about it last show, trying to get out of the shadow, that very large shadow of Big Red over there with, with the Chiefs. Um, Bieniemy finally gets out of the shadow, I think. Uh, this is a good situation for him going to the Commanders. They got that 3D uh, receiver situation. They're talking about bringing in Lamar. If they do, that could be a huge boon for him. Um, And then... Matt Nagy, obviously, he's got Patty Mahomes at his disposal. So, I mean, what do you make in both of these moves? First of all, Boots, let's talk Eric B. Enemy. I think this is a good situation for him. Well, any, it'll be a situation where he
2: can actually show the people all of those detractors. Well, it was Andy Reid doing all the play. I mean, it not It not be an with Andy. Okay, well, now let's show you. Yeah, because I don't think Ron Rivera is calling any plays. Yeah, I don't think he is. Either. Right, and if and and if once again we go by the narrative that it was all Andy Reid, shouldn't matter that Nat, Matt Nagy is the new OC, right? Mm-hmm.
0: If it's yeah. all Andy, who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. We're we're gonna so. see if that that Chiefs offense can thrive. Uh, Alex, as long as they've got Mahomes, they'll thrive. Yeah. Alex, are you in the, the same uh, mindset there?
1: Yep, it uh, makes sense to me. Um, I really think this is an opportunity for Eric Bieniemy again to show that you know he's not a one-trick pony uh, and he's not dependent upon Andy Reid. As far as Matt Nagy is concerned, I mean, as you as you have alluded to, he's he has uh, uh, Andy Reid uh, to kind of hold him back to, from being too crazy, and of course you have the the best co- the, the the modern day goat uh, Patrick Mahomes can't go wrong uh you know it'll be interesting to see where where we go <laughs> and if and if uh the chiefs suffer uh for having uh matt nagy as an offensive coordinator he's definitely no eric Bien-Aimé, but uh but w- with a with a positive staff around him he should be very successful
0: Yep, yeah. and and other teams making moves for offensive coordinators right now uh, this one was kind of exciting to me. I actually like this guy as an offensive coordinator a lot. The Colts go out and hire former Lions offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter as their new <laughs> offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, probably I wasn't sure
1: team. how to feel about that, but, I mean, he, he definitely had some degree of success with the Lions. but. Uh...
0: Yeah. I, I like Jim Bob Cooter. I think this is a great hire. I, I Honestly, I, I think he's a good offensive coordinator. He had a lot of success with the Lions at a, at a certain point. Um, and and the Colts are sort of in a rebuilding situation now. Mm-hmm. We got new offensive coordinator or new offensive coordinator, new head coach going out trying to find their quarterback of the future. They are talking about the possibility of trading up to number one, uh, to get their quarterback of the future. And even if they stuck around at four, right now they got the fourth overall pick. I think they still get their quarterback in the future. I mean, no matter what happens, I think the Colts are in prime position to start this sort of rebuild situation, kind of start building around Jonathan Taylor again and and really doing what they have to do. Boots, what do you think of this? Jim Bob Cooter goes to the Colts. I
2: like Cooter. (laughs) I like Jim Bob Cooter. when When you look at what his offenses were able to do, with uh with Stafford and, and then reunite with Stafford again, you you saw they love the vertical, mm-hmm. love pushing the ball down the field. And what do quarterbacks love love to do is push the ball down the field. Yep. If there's one thing quarterbacks like to do is, hey, let's rip it and rip it and let's go. Let's throw this thing. So I think it'll be a, a good starting point for a young NFL quarterback to work with Jim Bob Cooter. And his offense, because the offense that he's run have have not been traditionally all that uh, complicated.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right They're They've just been they've been basic, but they've been high level. And if you can pull it off. Right. And, and get the ball where it needs to go when it needs to
0: get there. You can produce it with his offense. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and speaking of the Colts, and we, we just were talking about this a little bit, Alex, we've got the Texans, Colts, Raiders. Panthers and Falcons all interested in trading with the bears for that number one overall pick. I do think the bears are going to come down from that, that number one pick. There's no sense in them holding on to it, especially because they believe that Justin Fields is their quarterback of the future. So if they do, Hey, you know what? we we laugh at it, but they apparently believe it. I don't understand, but it's, it's neither here nor there. If they come down from, from number one, which I believe they will, who winds up as pick number one? I say the Colts are going to wind up coming up from four. I think it's a very reasonable spot.
1: Yep, I I do agree with you there. Uh, the only other team I can possibly think of is the Houston Texans uh, because they need uh, you know they, they need some draft capital as well. They they need a, a top tier quarterback in the future. Uh, Davis Mills obviously is not the future down there. Uh, you know, if anybody needs help, it's Houston. And that dumpster fire of a team. Uh, it makes sense, though, based on what you're saying, though, it does make sense that, that Indianapolis comes up with that number one spot, especially if they can get a good haul from it, you know, and, and, and if the Bears can get an equally good haul from it.
0: Yeah, if you look at the situations that, that are are taking place from one through four, I mean, we're talking about a Cardinals team that doesn't need quarterback, <laughs> right? And at least in their opinion, I mean, they just signed Kyler Murray to the big deal. You're talking about a. Uh, Texans team who's sitting at number two. Now remember, there are two hot quarterbacks that are going to be coming right out of the first round that everybody's in love with CJ Stroud and Bryce, Bryce Young. So when we're talking about those two quarterbacks, right? I mean, one's going to go to pick number one and one's going to go to pick number two. They're they're going one and two. I I really believe that. And if the Texans stay around at two, I I still think they get their quarterback of the future and they get an upgrade at the position. But, uh, As far as um, the Colts go, the Colts, if they come up to one, I think the Bears are going to get a haul for that. You're going to talk five draft picks. You're going to talk maybe three firsts and then two seconds. I I really do think they're going to come up, especially for that specific position and moving up three spots that high in the draft, moving up to number one. They're going to pay a pretty penny. I think the Colts go up to number one. Boots, what do you think? If the Colts go to number one, the Bears will go to what, four? (laughs) Yep.
2: And who is two? Houston? Two Houston. is Houston. Two yes. is Houston. Okay. So the, here's what my work brings. So I'm thinking there are the three positions that you that you take a player at, at number one overall. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, left tackle, right? And defensive end. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Chicago, I could either just stay at one and grab Will Anderson, mm-hmm. a game record, Right or you could trade down a couple of spots and maybe still be able to
0: get Anderson. Will Anderson. Yeah, I think they could. I, that's the thing. I don't yeah. I don't think there is a a situation where it like if Chicago comes down from 1, I understand that that you know Arizona does need defense and that's fine, but even if Will Anderson isn't, isn't there, there. you They're still yeah, yeah you're yeah. still gonna get a stud that's the thing you just still wind up with a great player on the defensive side of the ball and that's and what they want multiple picks
2: yeah so if, if i'm the, yeah I, I i do the deal if i'm the bears because man i was i would love to have uh will anderson and what's uh from texas tech uh uh the edge rusher from texas tech oh miles no well that's miles murphy out of yeah. Clemson. Uh, But anyway, yeah, the uh, the 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 Bears can still grab an elite first round defensive end Mm -hmm. game wrecking type uh, defensive end if they go ahead and trade down. So, yeah,
0: I agree with you. And and there there are going to be other players out there in free agency that they can they can snatch up that are going to fix this defense. Two players right now that are going to be out there for sure. The Rams released linebacker Bobby Wagner this week after one season. Bobby Wagner playing for the Bears would be huge for them. Bobby Wagner, obviously, one of the best uh, linebackers of all time. Uh, He's played extremely well for Seattle. He played extremely well for, for the Rams this year, in spite of the fact that their record didn't show it. I mean, he did play extremely well. And then another guy that's going to be out there from the Rams. The Rams are having trade talks regarding corner Jalen Ramsey. They will mm-hmm. likely deal weeks. Uh, Ramsey was one of the best corners in football, still is. Uh, I, I think he's outstanding. And anywhere he goes, he's going to be a game changing type of player. Uh, he's going to probably get a a first and a second i think i think he's worth probably about a one and a two given his age and given his talent and skill set yeah uh but alex jalen ramsey i mean i know you guys are clamoring for him to come to detroit right
1: (laughs) well if if detroit can secure uh, the services of jalen ramsey it would be a very positive step towards beefing up that defense Uh, that's the number one thing we need and to get a player the caliber of Jalen Ramsey would be just stunning, you know. It, <laughs> I can't guarantee he's going to go to Detroit. I mean, we don't know where else he's going. We, we don't know where else he's going to go, but it, it, it does excite me uh, to, to think that that that's a possibility. You know, uh, to have a veteran presence like that, plus you get a rookie uh, out in that area. You know, you have a veteran presence to try to help guide that rookie. Uh, you know, know, like, let's say, let's say we get a cornerback like in the second or third round, you know, uh, you know, on top of, on top of having Jalen Ramsey there, you you get, you get a, you get a decent value out of a, out of a second rounder and uh, you have Jalen Ramsey there, you
0: know. And let's get, let's not forget, you guys have Jeff Okuda over there who was mm -hmm. outstanding. He he was, he was very, very good this year. A shutdown corner good. He, he this was the first year that Jeff Okuda really looked like the the player that they wanted him to be when they drafted him. What three overall? Yeah, yep. No,
1: no. It was it was a third round pick. They like the Eagles traded a pick to. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. There was so, no, it was number three pick. You're right. Absolutely.
0: He picked overall. Yeah. So I mean Okuda. I mean being combined with Jalen Ramsey over there in Detroit. I mean. That's
1: you know it's <laughs> enticing. that's a
0: that's a that's a one two punch. It is, but
2: I think I think the cost of Jalen Ramsey would be too high
3: to mm-hmm. pay for.
0: Possibly,
2: right? That's, because yep. you know the Lions are in a position to strike while the iron's hot, but they're not quite at mm-hmm. that next level yet. They still have one more level to go before. Mm-hmm. Here, I would suggest if I'm if I'm Brad Holmes do it. Hey, there are plenty of really, really good in this draft. There are, We'll talk about them soon. Off on another cast, but man, just stay where you know. You stay the, the right.
1: course.
2: Stay yep. the course, and I I see what Brad Holmes has been doing, and I agree with it, and I and I see where it's going. So you don't need to eat that cost of a Jalen Ramsey. Right now. Mm. Now, Bobby Wagner, on the other hand. Yeah. Now, now that right? might be interesting. They
0: do need linebackers, too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, if I'm Detroit, hey,
2: maybe grab Bobby Wagner in free agency. Maybe we draft Noah Sewell, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And we draft a, a couple of good young corners. How are you talking? Yeah.
0: Maybe even Owen Papo, who had himself a very good combine. Mm. This, mm-hmm. Owen Papo, mm-hmm. he he really tore it up uh, at the combine this this uh past week so and, and we'll be talking about combine stuff uh quick fast and in a hurry probably next week we'll be talking about combine stuff we're also going to be talking diving into uh the pre free agency frenzy next week hope everybody's excited for that one mm-hmm. um elsewhere around the league and and talking about building things uh seahawks head coach pete carroll is not dismissing the possibility of drafting a quarterback in round one he could be drafting a qb here New QB, I mean, I, I'm not sold on Geno Smith. I haven't been sold on Geno Smith. Um, I think he's sort of a transitional quarterback for that team in Seattle there. Uh, Boots, I mean, what do you think?
2: If I'm the Seattle Seahawks and I'm drafting a quarterback in round one, the only three that are round one worthy, Stroud, Young, and Richardson, If I'm really going to do that, the next one I would go after would be Hendon Hooker. Uh, I think that would be the best fit. Started for the bootleg B team Mm -hmm. with the B stands for boss. But yeah, I would go with Hendon (laughs) Hooker. I'm Pete Carroll and I'm the Seahawks and I'm going to go quarterback in round one. It'll be Hooker because he's still coming off of that injury. However, you still got Geno Smith Mm -hmm. as a veteran to bridge that gap. And, and Hendon Hooker, by the time he'll take the field, he'll be a veteran too.
0: I, I think he fits the skill set for sure. Yeah, I, I think it, that's that's exactly the type of quarterback they want and need in Seattle. Something very similar to Russ Wilson, the way that Russ Wilson was back in the day. Yeah. I think he's an excellent fit, Alex. I know you're big on Hendon Hooker. Um, I think this is an excellent fit, don't you?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a great idea. You know, it, it, it's I, I don't know how late Seattle's first round pick is, but yeah, all the good towns going to get dried up before you get there. So you know, Hendon Hooker could possibly is the best possibility, because you know CJ Stroud's going to be gone. He's going to be off the board. You know, um, uh, though the other two that you mentioned that I can't think of off the top of my head, they're going to be gone. Yeah, you know, that that talent's going to get dried up. I mean, they're going to it's it's going to be like a piranha pool. In that first, uh, you know, I'd be very surprised to see any three of those um, make it outside of the top ten. Uh, so you know, having having Hendon Hooker as a possibility, as a, as a fourth option, uh, is, you know, it would serve as a boon.
0: Let's not forget Seattle does have two first rounders. They do have pick number five and they have uh 20. So there, there is a possibility. I mean, imagine, imagine Seattle moving up. They, you know, if if Pete Carroll starts on imagine Seattle moving up into one or two and, and taking one of those top two quarterbacks could get a little interesting. Maybe Geno Smith isn't the guy over there. We'll have to see. Uh, think, <laughs> he's, think, uh,
1: the spoiler, he's not.
0: <laughs> you think Anthony Richardson's going to go top five? Man.
2: I think that's crazy. Wa- watch the combine. Oh, watch when God. he throws at the combine, brother. The, the stopwatches, Bring. the notepads are going to go flying. These <laughs> dudes are going to drool a pool on themselves if you get what I've done. Mm. When, when he starts throwing the ball live, Right next to uh, CJ Straw,
0: watch. Oh boy! One g- one guy they won't be drooling over is uh, Ryan Tannehill. New Titans GM Ryan Carthon says that Ryan Tannehill will be a Titan, and I quote, "A direct quote." Uh, I think that's a disaster and a Detroit mistake. Mercy, Titans! <laughs> <laughs> it's about where he belongs. Oh,
3: golly!
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Ryan Tannehill likely to remain with the Titans. They're going to try and get him signed to a long-term deal. Oh boy. Uh, I don't think that's a disaster. Uh horrible and you can tell by our reactions. Just
1: <laughs> Yeah. We <laughs> we we we've we've, we've, ba- we've bagged on him before saying he's not an elite quarterback and uh, if he stays with Tennessee it's like, well, okay then. <laughs> yeah. Have it's, it's have, no have fun in the in the middle of the NFC South.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be a disaster and then another one who's uh, just a Just a a dumpster fire as a person, and and this one just makes us want to blast our freaking faces into concrete. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers emerges from his darkness retreat. There's still no word on his NFL future. Um, We're waiting for uh, Aaron Rodgers and his smelly hippie girlfriend to help him make a decision on whether or not he wants to continue in the league.
1: (laughs) Just get rid of him already. Come on, stop (laughs) waffling like you're at the Waffle House at 3 a.m., you know, you're done, you know, do us all a favor. And if you're at least, if you're going to stay in the league, get out of the NFC North, please. It's
0: like, just go away. Just it's, go yeah, we always, away. Yeah, we, we always just talk about, about like, you know, and and everybody knows on this show, we're a bunch of professional wrestlers. And, you know, it's, it's always funny that, that we always talk about like, Good heat and then that X Pac go away heat, and that's kind of what Rodgers is getting at this point. It's the X Pac go away heat.
2: Yeah, it's no yep. longer cool. It's the please go away heat. But here's yeah. here's the thing just wake me up when it's over, brother. Yeah. You,
0: you just leave the people in the dark and and no, and so he's 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 leaving himself in the dark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: the darkness retreat. Come on, man. This is a, it's a I just wonder
2: how many years can they go through this in Green Bay?
0: How many times right. can they go through this? They did it all throughout FAR. Yeah. And now they're doing it all throughout Rogers.
2: Yeah. And then in the last three <laughs> years, like every year is something else. Yep. It's like, come on, man. Either you're here or you're not.
0: Yep. Right? Pick don't one. try to
2: hold us hostage. You don't there's no Devontae Adams here now. Right. Now, so you don't you don't have to stay here. Yeah. You can leave.
0: <laughs> Pick one. But
2: just let us know
0: something. Yeah. It's it's a disaster. Um, I, I I'm so tired of, of Aaron Rodgers. Um one guy that is planning on making a decision sh- soon as well, Patriot Safety Devin McCourty, set to make a retirement decision before the start of free agency. Will he stay or will he go? Uh Devin McCourty's still playing at an extremely high level. Um what do you think? Boots, do you, do you, does he stay or does he go?
2: Does he stay or does
0: he go? Yeah, I don't I don't
2: I hate to make a decision on somebody else's career, but I think they're not gonna win it next year, so I say he goes.
0: Yeah, I think he goes bye-bye. I, I think it's about time to to ride into the sunset. He's got his Super Bowl rings. It's a sure it's does. a big see you later. Uh Alex, does Devin McCourty Yeah. Rutgers, Rutgers. The best. Uh does Devin McCourty stay with the Patriots or does he go bye-bye?
1: Um, you know, i am gonna go ahead and just say just to be a devil's advocate here that he sticks around for one more year. You know, especially since, you know, as you said, he is still playing at an elite level. You know, he's still, you know, one of the top cornerbacks that they have. Uh, But, I mean, I would not be surprised to see him go out the door. But just just to be that guy, I'm going to say, I'll still stick around.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could very well. I mean, their defense did play at an extremely high level last year. The Patriots defense, quietly, quietly great last season. Um, so, so that'll be something, another defense that was quietly great, um, and, and they wound up being a top defense. They're going to have a rough time because their defensive coordinator is leaving the bills, defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier is taking a year off from coaching. He plans to return in 2024, uh, boots, you and I know all about Leslie Frazier and how good of a defensive mind he is. His defenses yeah. are, Oh, we always good. He was a great corner coach. He's a great corner in the NFL when he did play. Ah, uh, Leslie Frazier going away from uh, the Bills here. That might be an issue because Leslie Frazier is a hell of a DC over there. He
2: is. Maybe he's taking a year off to try to, you know, see, you know, where else he might fit in better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know. I think he's he's been an excellent defensive coordinator throughout his throughout his his tenure, mm-hmm. and his defenses always show up. Yep. Uh, I don't know what happened in the playoffs against Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, hey, you know, go ahead, take a year off, recharge the batteries, and you know, release some of that pent-up frustration of you know not getting where you needed to go or whatever, mm-hmm. and right, ring your brain out, right, relax. Mm-hmm. And then you know reevaluate.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what it is. And a, a team that is going to need to reevaluate what the hell they're doing. Uh, the Broncos, uh, my lord. So,
1: <laughs> Joseph, where do we start?
0: Yeah, they they were they they had Vance Joseph as their head coach several years ago. Mm-hmm. They fire Vance Joseph, and then they bring Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph goes to Arizona for the defensive coordinator job. And now the Broncos are bringing back Vance Joseph as their new defensive coordinator. Um, it was funny. We were messaging about this and, and the first thing, uh, uh, Boots sends back is, isn't that a retread? Uh, I, am with you, I I think this is a disaster. I don't think Vance Joseph was over there in Arizona and their defense wasn't good. So I don't understand why Vance Joseph is being welcomed back to Denver. Um, he was a bad head coach over there. He wasn't successful in Arizona with their defensive coordinating position. And now he's going to go back to Denver and be a bad defensive coordinator again? Like, what What the uh, – here we go, Alex. You love this line. What,
1: what the, the fuck, fuck are we, are doing? we doing here?
0: <laughs> like, like what, what is this? Um, It's a mess. I can't get behind it. I just can't. I, I think that's a, a an absolute shit show, um, and you can tell by by our responses here that it's a disaster. He never Sean Payton. He strikes me as a guy. He's
2: almost like Vince McMahon when when uh, AEW started up. He's calling back people old, that he knows, yeah, right? Old talent, the old talent, the old you know, the old guard, people that he knows, people who've been around, just to make sure he. Peyton had the right defensive coordinator there in the building. Yeah. Ejero Evero, forgive me if I'm not saying the name correctly, he was brilliant. Unquestionably should have been the guy. Unquestionably. Why did you let him out the building? I have no idea. I'd have have locked him in his office. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. I think that's a mess. Um, And then – We've got some players getting tagged, so we got to talk about these guys. Uh, the Jags go out and uh, they're expected to place a franchise tag on Evan Ingram. They're trying to work out a long-term deal with him. I think this is a brilliant move. He had a in a career year, did Evan Ingram, especially in the back half of the season. That the last eight games, as the last eight or nine games, was some of the best tight end play we've seen in a while. He had a big touchdown in the playoffs. I love this franchise tag. I love the idea of resigning him long term. I think it's brilliant. Evan Ingram. Uh Boots, where are you at on Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram
2: is he's always been okay. Yeah. Uh this year he kind of grew up a little bit and and showed some some promise. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to use a franchise tag on him, you know, if it doesn't cost the too much i mean you know it's not my money but if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't cost you too much and you can tag him just to make sure the guy's on the roster to make sure you can you know at least continue you know the run that you just started mm. why not yep
0: alex uh evan ingram where you at on him what do you what do you think about him uh i i think he's a, a stud
1: yep he's definitely a decent tight end uh more than decent you know uh i think uh i don't know if he I keep getting him confused with Eric Ebron. I apologize, uh, no. but but Eric, but but Evan Ingram, I believe, is uh, you know definitely worth uh, the franchise tag. Good idea to sign him long term. I mean, uh, he's still playing with the New York Giants, is he not?
0: No, 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 no. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, okay, they, he was with Giants. The Giants let him go. Jags pick him up. Doug Peterson gives him a career resurgence this year. I was blown yep. away.
1: mm Hmm. There you go. Well, there, well, there you go. And if you want, you want to stay in the hunt for uh, a playoff spot and a possible AFC championship again, keep him on the roster.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's he's a special player. Um, also, another guy getting tagged. The Commanders go ahead and place the franchise tag on defensive tackle Deron Payne. I love this one. Deron Payne is a solid defensive tackle. Very good three tech. He harasses quarterbacks all the time. I love Deron Payne. He's one of my favorite uh, defensive linemen in the league. He's still young. There's a lot of tread left on the tires there. He'll get signed to a long-term deal, I'm sure, but they're expected to place the tag on him. Once they do, you know they're going to be working on a deal for this guy. Yeah. You, you got it. You're at least giving him five to six years. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a question. Yeah. He consistently,
2: uh, Deron Payne being, he consistently shows up on tape. Consistently throughout the game, pressure, yeah. being involved. He,
3: mm.
0: If Chase Young doesn't work out,
3: yeah,
2: at least
0: I got Deron Payne. Yeah, exactly. And I think him and him and Young are like a one-two punch. That's super nice to have on that defensive line, especially when Young actually plays. Yeah, when he's healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last but not least, and Alex, we're going to go ahead and, and chalk another one up. To uh the streak here, the forty nine except we're talking about a different player, 49ers yep. quarterback Brock Purdy to postpone his Tommy John surgery due to inflation or uh inflammation rather. Well it could be inflation. Yeah, too. It could be that. You know <laughs> <much doctors laughs> <call? Inflation. laughs>
1: yep, there you go. Once again, uh players with elbow injuries once again being mentioned in the same breath as Tommy John surgery. So uh uh unfortunate <laughs> to see that uh it's being postponed. Uh you know I mean, I guess go ahead and finish off the story.
0: Well, well, it's pr- the same Tommy John surgery that we know Matt Stafford probably needs, but uh, it, it's neither here nor there. Got to, mm-hmm. got to tally it up, put it on the chalkboard, put it, um, do it again. Yep. Yeah. So ahead if we do that, but uh, we're going to finish the show today on prospects. We got prospects going on. We'll we'll save the uh, the NFC AFC stuff for next show. Uh, I we do want to go through these players or these. Um, Players, uh, these off defensive tackle prospects, defensive end prospects. I want to finish these things off before we go too long. But right. But the uh, defensive tackles, we're going to have a chit chat about these guys. Um, I'm going to start with the defensive tackles this time around because, hey, these uh, these DT deta- tackles are something really, really special. Yeah. Um, a lot of these defensive linemen, man, huge this year. There's <laughs> there's, there's such a, a massive amount, and the, these are gigantic men. Uh, the first one, Jalen Carter out of Georgia is my number one defensive tackle prospect. He's the unquestioned number one defensive tackle here. Not even It's not even debatable. Uh, completely mm-hmm. obliterates opposing offensive linemen. with he, these unexpected level of speed and agility. He's a run stuffer, and he's got the ability to get to opposing backfields to be a disruption versus both the pass and the run. He possesses the versatility to play every position along the line, which I love. I think that's excellent for any team. Um, he's going to need to be double teamed. Uh, it's not just because of his size and strength, but because of his ridiculous, this ridiculously outstanding technique and speed that he has. Jalen Carter is an excellent player. Watching him on tape is a treat. Uh, big issues with discipline, though, um, yep. and and it's it was part of our news stories. Uh, he was arrested for illegally racing cars and reckless driving in a race that saw the opposing car driven by a Georgia coach and fellow player crash. It killed both men. Um, so we, we do have a little bit of a discipline issue here. Uh, yeah. You know, it sort of, he could be a disruption off the field after being arrested for that nonsense. Uh, he does seem a little lazy at times when trying to shed blocks and make plays on the ball and the ball carrier. He could struggle versus larger offensive linemen when he or when he gets double teamed, uh, and he did suffer an MCL injury in 2022 that caused him to miss some games. You know, Jalen Carter—he's a special player when he's healthy. He is a special player when he's not being a clown off the field. I like him a lot. I think he—he was great for Georgia this year. Obviously, um, unquestioned number one DT in this draft, but the discipline is a problem. The MCL injury is a problem and believe it or not the laziness when he's trying to shed blocks it's a problem those are our three large issues and those are the kinds of almost attitude issues that that saw Kayvon Thibodeau last year kind of fall in the draft a little bit and go yep. down to what I believe those are the same types of, of things uh, we'll start with you boots Jalen Carter what do you think of this clock I like
2: I like Carter yeah, uh, quick story. I used to work with a guy who would uh, uh, race uh, his, his motorcycle mm-hmm. on, on the weekends, or yep. on some some weeknights or whatever. And the guy he he, he raced uh, he raced another guy and ended up uh, losing that race. Well, he asked for a rematch, and when he got the second re- when he got the rematch, he crashed his motorcycle mm-hmm. and died. Now you wonder what the other driver must think about, must feel sometimes when you know when he's on his bike, if he's still, you know, right, who knows? Right. But to have to deal with the weight of that. Yeah. Racing someone and someone else is dying. Not just someone else now, but two of one of his teammates and a coach mm-hmm. dying. You wonder how that affects Jalen Carter mentally. Uh, going forward, well,
0: uh, you think about that. And and Jalen Carter, he did get out of jail. He he did make it to the combine this week. So yeah. he was it was under twenty four hours later. He was there at the combine. So it, it does show. a I I mean, I I and I hate to put it like this and try and make a positive out of someone dying here, but but it does show a little bit of mental toughness, being able to show up for the combine mm-hmm. after that situation, yeah. and do what you got to do. But uh, you know, I got questions right. about Jalen Carter. I got questions
2: mm-hmm. about his. Ad- this does bring up questions, but unquestionably very, very talented. And I saw him brutalize and
3: abuse mm-hmm.
2: Osiris Torrance out of uh, Florida. Yeah. And so when I I've seen everything I need to see. of Jalen Carter. Hey, if you don't want to draft me, if I'm if you don't want to draft me in the first round, draft drafting second round, third, I don't care. He's going to get drafted. He will. Somebody will. Somebody will will spend up.
0: Yeah, the, the discipline issues will will be a problem. Uh, number two goes to Brian Brisey. We talked about him a little bit, uh, to Clemson. Uh, he's a big, powerful guy. He's got a lot of speed and agility to go with it. <clears throat> he's a space eater. He often draws double teams and still manages to beat them consistently. Uh, he's capable of tracking the ball effectively. Uh, and he's agile as all hell. He often catches opposing offensive linemen off guard and causes the linemen to sort of dogpile on him. And it opens up his teammates for plays. So, I mean, and we got to see that type of stuff out of Howie Long years ago. I mean, we, uh, we, we know how much we love Howie Long around here. Um, the cons, though, he suffered a nasty ACL tear last season. It's, it's leaving a lot of scouts questioning if he's going to be able to come back as the same caliber player that he was before the injury. He's got a tendency to play with his pads a little too high, a little too upright. It costs him a little, uh, little leverage battles. He needs to figure out how to shed the more clingy blockers to be more effective against the run. is going to be a really good space-eating defensive tackle, in my opinion. I, I really do think he's going to be special. He'll be a first-round guy. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. I think there's going to be some situations where Brian Brecy is is going to um, – He's going to be tested as far as that ACL goes. I think I think a lot of folks are going, I don't know if he's going to be capable of that ACL tear. I think he's going to be just fine. He's a big, tough fucking guy. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. That's a nasty man there. Um, Alex Brian Brisey out of Clemson there. I know you're a college football hero. Um, <laughs> what do you think of this guy? Defensive tackle. I think he's going to bring the rain in the first round.
1: For sure, you know, I, I absolutely believe it, you know, I'm taking a look at his stats from the previous years uh, You know while he was at Clemson, you know, he had, you know uh, He had three and a half sacks last year uh, Nine tackles and nine solo tackles and six assists, you know, and uh, I don't I'm not sure what the heck PD means uh, passes defended. He even defended a pass so, um, you know so if if you can get up to the line and swat those balls away, we've seen that a couple of times in the NFL. You know, it's it, his his statistics were pretty impressive as a defensive tackle. Uh, and again, yeah, what well, what I want to see out of the guy is can he break through the line? And can he get some sacks? Obviously, yes, he got three and a half last year. But I mean, I want I want the guy to be consistent. I want the guy to maul people and you know have quarterback hurries, have quarterbacks throw errant passes. Um, he definitely has, um, you know, he, he definitely has the talent to to go pretty high in the first round.
0: Yeah, I I, I like him a lot. I think he goes first round. He's capable of collapsing pockets. I, I, he's just a really special player. Um, another guy that I'm sorry, real quick on Barisi,
2: I've got to say he's got excellent technique and excellent fundamentals. Yes, that's mm-hmm. the that's the thing that consistently shows up. He brings the technique, the fundamentals, and that follows or excuse me that starts the explosive gameplay because he can wreck plays and he is very effective I, I don't think he's a space eater he
0: checked in at 298 pounds
2: but he will
0: be a very effective pass rusher well he sort of becomes a space eater in a, in a weird situation in a, in a weird way because of the fact that he- even though he's going to come forward and he's going to garner those double teams and those dog piles. Because of the technique. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, you know, so it. he sort of makeshift becomes a, a space heater. It's yeah. kind of a weird situation because you are right. He is smaller for, in stature as far as being a defensive tackle in the uh, high 200s. Most of these defensive tackles are going to be pushing three bills. Yeah. But at the same time, because of his technique and because of his speed, he catches course, these guys yes. off guard. Yes. They've, they've got to jump on him. Yeah. And, and these guys, they they freak out, and it's it's yeah. wild how two, three guys will dogpile on them, yeah. and there will be the other players will be in there harassing quarterbacks yeah. and beating on the running backs and whatever the case may be. Howie Long used to do the same thing. He'd come up. He'd, I watched, once watched Howie Long manhandle three guys at the same time so his mm-hmm. buddy could go get a sack. Yeah. It was wild. And that's the kind of player I think Brian Breesey is. I think yeah. he's kind of on that level. Um, number three goes to Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh this guy's cool. Um, you know, out of Wisconsin, he's an excellent ball rusher. He utilizes that that power and most times is leveraged to collapse pockets and be a nuisance inside. I mean, that's just what he is. Uh, he has outstanding use of his hands. He delivers an outstanding punch off the ball. He uses those hands to shed those blocks. Um, he'd be a better fit in a 4-3 as a 3 tech, I think, uh, than anything. Um, outstanding vision. He sniffs out plays, and he's very cognizant of how plays are developing in the opponent's backfield, especially when it pertains to the run game. Um, Cons on him, he doesn't handle his duties as a pass rusher as effectively as desired. Um, And while he usually does play with excellent leverage, there are occasions where he can get his pad level way too high, get a little too upright, and it gets him pushed around. He's also a bit short and stocky, which makes makes scouts concerned about his mobility and his arm length. So I mean, there there are questions there as far as Keanu Benton goes. I think he's going to be a really good defensive tackle, though, especially when you have a when you need a good run game type of tackle that's going to be you know making tackles in the trenches essentially. That's where he excels. Um, could use work as as a pass rusher, but ultimately as a bull rushing kind of uh, a run stuffing type of defensive tackle, Benton is the guy, especially if you're running a four three. Boots, what do you got on Keanu Benton? I
2: like Keanu Benton's game. He reminds me. I don't sound like an old scout. He reminds me of Warren Sapp.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Because Warren Sapp, while he you know, he wasn't gonna just sit there like a lump. Warren Sapp, you had to play all four quarters, every single snap against Warren Sapp because he didn't stop moving. He wasn't, you know, he, he continued to to try to push and push and and, and rip and swim and, and all of those things. Maybe Benton could use uh, some some technique uh, work on his swim moves mm-hmm. and his uh and his uh, spin moves, but as as a bull rushing coming
0: straight at you pass rusher, yeah, it reminds me of Warren Set. Yeah. Like uh, and and I think and Alex, this would be for you, he would be a great fit for your Detroit Lions.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Again, <laughs> one, what's the what's the name of the what's the name of the order? Defense. And uh, if 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 we're talking defensive tackles, you know, we definitely need people to be able to break down those offensive linemen, get past, and have them li- have either have the linebackers come in and get sacks, or have the defensive tackles come in and get sacks. You know, uh, it's something that. Uh, w- but number one, w- the biggest problem that Detroit has is they need to stop the run. You know, especially you know, I, if if Detroit can't stop the run, they won't. They'll have a really hard time winning football games. And if Keanu button is a good run stuffer, then, you know, which it sounds like he is, he'd be a great fit.
0: Yeah. Benton, I think is an excellent fit. Uh, Number four goes to Roderick Martin out of Western Kentucky. Um, This guy is a big, nasty, incredible Hulk guy. He he has these incredible Hulk hands that deliver this punch. It's incredible. Uh, He has outstanding technique to shed the blocks with those hands um, he tracks the ball. He pursues the ball carriers. He's got the size, the strength, and the capability to be a true space eater and take on double teams, um, and he possesses an excellent bull rush that he delivers with a lot of power. Um, the cons on him, though, he, he's sort of a one-trick pony as it pertains to his finesse moves. He's got his bull rush, and that's about it. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't have a good spin move or anything like that. Um, he's going to need to work on some of his technique and some of those different uh, um uh weapons that he in his arsenal. I he's going to need to get off the ball faster to hit home with that bull rush. If he doesn't get off with that bull rush quickly, he gets locked up. So he's going to have to figure out how to get off the ball faster um and and he needs to get lower to generate a lot of that desired leverage that you're looking for. He gets stood up at the line though at that bull rush at times because of how slow he comes off the snap, which is a problem because that bull rush is frankly, all he has. Um, Broderick Martin, I mean, he's a, he's kind of a handsy type of, of defensive tackle. He's got that reach. His hands, man, he punches guys, and that's what really throws them off the ball. A lot of to shed those blocks. I really like Broderick Martin a lot. I think he could be a special player. Um, just some minor things, minor physical things. Boots, what do you got on Broderick Martin out of Western Kentucky here? What do you think of him? Uh, Roderick Martin, big, big guy, six feet five, mm-hmm. 337
3: pounds, big
2: boy. Uh, he's uh, runs a five, uh, five four. Yeah, runs a five four. He did not get a combine in fight from, from what I saw, mm-hmm. but uh, his pro day is uh, March 29th, so the scouts will be able to see a little bit more from there. He transferred from North, North Alabama, and he's got uh, a lot of power, he's very strong, big, big man. And it was an all U, all conference USA honorable mention. Yes, so that should be mentioned. I, I haven't seen a ton of his tape, but uh, I'm intrigued, especially at the side. He, he can also play guard as well.
0: Yeah, I I was um pretty pretty impressed. I you know I I happened to I looked down the list. And I'm like, man, I really haven't known much about Broderick Martin, and then I looked it up and went, oh, yeah. okay, this guy is something. Um. And, and number five is a guy that I'm sure you'll be surprised to slid quite a bit is Jaqueline mm. Roy out of uh, uh, the defensive tackle out of LSU. Um, he's got awesome vision to identify the, what opposing offenses are doing to be disruptive to opposing quarterbacks, especially during the running back screens. Um, he had decent hand usage off the snap, gets off the snap really quickly. He's relentless to try and be a disruption to opposing quarterbacks and running backs. The cons? he's easily taken out of place by cut blocks. I couldn't tell you how many cut blocks I saw in this guy just wiping him out of a play. And yeah. teams just kept doing it and doing it. Um and his hands are good. He lacks the arm length to make that punch and his hand usage count. So when he comes up, he brings his hands up and he but his hands are his arms are short so he's not getting that punch that he wants. Right. And then the team will just go ah, out of hell with it and cut block him. So he can't even make the contact until he get cut block. Right. That's one of the reasons I wasn't as big on him as the other guys. He struggles to come off blocks to create a- an impact in the opposing backfield. I like, I like him a lot. I just, I don't know. I don't see him as high of a prospect as a lot of people are looking at him. I, it's just eh, to me.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, it's in, it, and right now I think he's listed as the number two or three prospect in the entire draft. Mm. I don't have that high. I've got him going at five. I just, I did. I, I think teams are going to have a much easier time taking care of him and handling this situation with those cut blocks and, and you know, his lack of physical attributes in certain situation. I, I think it's. Eh, what boots? What do you got? I, I,
2: well, he's uh, it was six three three oh five. I uh, ran a five oh nine forty. He's a projected fifth rounder. Yeah. Um, his pro day is March 29th. I didn't see a ton from that LSU defense that no. would make you know, especially from stopping the run perspective, that would make me really invest in a, a whole lot in Roy. Um, I did. I will say, you know, he did look decent in the uh, drills in the combine the other day. He so. did. I, I will s i will say that i can i could see him he'll he'll be drafted he right? will he'll be drafted he'll, day three he'll show up, yeah he'll show up on 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 the roster he'll be on the team but he may end up being one of those guys that's just on the team because i i didn't consistently see him impact the game
0: <clears throat> right. And then moving on to defensive ends, Alex, uh, this guy is a guy I know you're going to be excited about as far as defensive ends go. Number one goes to Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Um, He's extremely disruptive, uh, both against the run and the pass. He's got tremendous pursuit to the ball carrier, the crush outside rushes. He's got great speed. Uh, He's got a spin move that wowed Scouts. It wowed me on tape. I was blown away by that spin move. Um, he's got great use of hands. He pushes around offensive tackles. And like when the offensive tackles will get their hands on him, he just swats their hands away like it didn't even matter. Um, and, he, and it allows him to create separation from those blocks. He does struggle to shed blockers once they fully get a hold of him, though. I mean, once that those hands touch and he can swat them away, but if he lets those hands stay around for a minute, he ain't getting away. Um, the speed drops dramatically once he's fully engaged with the opposing blockers. Um, his hips lack a little bit of fluidity. I noticed um, that was mm-hmm. something that, that I combine. Uh, he plays with his pads a little too high. He gives up a little too much leverage off the snap. Um, I like miles Murphy a lot. I think he's the best defensive end in this draft. I he's a special player. I think he goes early first round, probably top 10. I think he's that good. Um, Alex, this could be a great fit for the Detroit football lions, miles Murphy coming in. <laughs> you keep to the line. Well, you know, <laughs> the thing is the lions need so much defense. Yeah. And if you look at what they like, especially in that front four, that front four needs help. And these, yeah. yep. these linebackers need help. This could be a great pick for you guys as well. And they have multiple first rounders on top of it. I mean, you're talking number six overall, and then you go later in the draft and they've got another one. I mean, this, this could be another big boon for them. I don't know. Miles Murphy.
1: Yep, absolutely. You know, I'm taking a look at his statistics from 2022. He had six and a half sacks. Uh, he had 40 total tackles, 22 solo, 18 assists. And uh, he also defended two passes. So you know, I'm, I'm watching tape on him uh, on a game against, uh, you know, the, the his most impactful plays of the season. You know, he's had a couple of impactful plays against Florida State, uh, you know, among others. And he's, he's, he, it's is just as you said, he's, he's insanely good at getting around a defender and just getting pursuit to the quarterback. And once he gets his hands on that quarterback, I mean, he's, he's getting them down. You know, the, the football popped out on this last play, you know, so he's able to, you know, force a fumble, you know. So, you know. It's 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 definitely exciting to see a player of this caliber, you know, that you know doing so well in the combine, and you know his draft stock, you know, deservedly is very high.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, one guy that I don't think his draft stock is as high as it should be is actually Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. Um, I mm-hmm. like Zach Harrison. A lot. I've always been big on him. He possesses every physical trait you'd expect and want out of a defensive end. He's got a big, wide frame. He's got good length. Um, He's a real athlete who's got, I mean, the straight line speed is awesome. He ran a 4-5-40 time. Um, Excellent finesse moves uh, to break in the inside of opposing defenders and creates havoc in opposing backfields because he can get inside. Uh, He plays with awesome pad level and leverage to push around the opposing offensive tackles. Um, The cons on him, he does lack reaction time coming off the ball quickly. He lags a little bit behind in that category. He struggles with his agility. He doesn't change direction as quickly as per, as preferred when he's in pursuit, um, and and he's not the best when he's in pursuit of the ball carrier. Even then, uh, he could wind up being more of a workout warrior than a true game changing first rounder. Zach Harrison, he's uh, to me, I think he's a boomer bust type of defensive end. I think that's kind of where we're headed here. And and if he, I, I don't know that he'll go first round. He could very well. I think he slides more day two. I think we're going to be talking about maybe round three. But I think he's going to be an impact player. He could be a, a stud. Um, he was very good at Ohio State. Uh, Boots, what do you got on Zach Harrison?
2: Zach Harrison, uh, 6'6, 274 pounds, ran a 4.640, low of 4.55, high of 4.73. Mm-hmm. They're talking uh, projected round two or three. Uh, he's at the combine, but yeah, this pro day is March 22nd. Uh, he's all Big Ten second team yep. in 2022 which is, you know, damn good. Yeah, really, really <laughs> So um, I've seen a lot of Zach Harrison, but again, I didn't hear his name being called the whole lot. Yeah. throughout the, Consistently right throughout the, throughout the year. So, but uh, he's very, still very good, still a very good player. And I like what he does bring to the table. He's, he's a possibly a rotational guy, <clears throat> but
0: he's still very good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's, He's going to be a very good player in the NFL. I don't know that he's going to be... Um, Not a game wrecker. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be a game wrecker. But I, I do think he will solid. be a solid defensive end. He will be a kind of guy that is almost like a role-player defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know that he's going to be a, a speed rusher where he demolishes plays and eliminates quarterbacks or whatever else. No, 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 no. Yeah. But I, I do think he's going to be a solid defensive end. He'll be a role-playing defensive end. Um, number three goes to B.J. Ojolari, um, out of LSU. He's, he's the, uh, his brother is already in the league, and now he's going to yeah. follow in those footsteps. He's playing for the Giants, right? Yep. yep. Aziz. Um, uh, Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and and uh, the pros on o- Ojolari, he's a smart player, man. He's got a lot of leadership qualities that the NFL scouts look for. Um, he's well-versed at the position. He's technically very, very strong. He possesses several different pass rush techniques and abilities to beat opposing defenders, from bull rushes to spin moves. I mean, he's got it. Uh, capable of dropping back into coverage if necessary, but it doesn't happen often. Uh, he's got excellent use of his hands. He's talented enough to go punch for punch and toe-to-toe with opposing blockers like it's nothing. Um, he does struggle with his pass rush and lacks the arm length to make first contact. He allows blockers to kind of get their hands on him first and mm-hmm. you know kind of make the first move. Uh, he doesn't possess the NFL size. He's going to need to add weight to his frame. I mean, that's one thing that's got to happen. And he's not really a hand in the dirt type of player. He was used as more of a standing up type of pass rusher off the edge. Um, I think he'll probably fit better in a three-four situation um, that you you know where he's sort of being used like the Viking used Daniel mm-hmm. Hunter this past year, which is, I mean, kind of weird. I I don't know that that that's. You know, the, it, it's probably the best use of him, but I, I don't know. I, I don't really like that for a pure defensive end to be a, a stand-up pass rusher like that. I, I prefer him to be a hand-in-the-dirt type of player, but hey, um, it might be where he's most comfortable. But Oshilari, uh, hey, Alex, this could be a great one for the Lions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it, well, it's, I, I do agree with that. I will take into consideration his deficiency in the pass rush, because Mike, it's all about that pass rush. So, um, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, I kind of do agree with the fact that he should be a hand in the dirt player as opposed to standing. I mean, you, you have, you already have Hutch and you already have Malcolm Rodriguez, um, you know, in, in that sense, as rush as, as rushers, um, you know, he, he could be a good fit, but, uh, again, you know, if, if the scheme, you know, would co- prefer to call for a standing defensive end, uh you know, great, but I mean, that, that does make me think about it. and uh, as you mentioned, he does have to add a little meat to his frame, because he's only 250 pounds, you know. Uh, he he could, if, if his speed, you know, if he could trade his his frame for speed and get to the quarterback, we're having a different conversation.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to wind up, he's he's almost too big to be an outside linebacker, but too small to be a defensive end. So, so it's mm-hmm. kind of a... a this weird situation, this kind of weird area, where I don't want to stick him in a linebacker position, but knowing that he could be a pure edge rusher off the end as a defensive end would make a lot of sense. So I, I, I maybe actually believe it or not, the Vikings would would mm-hmm. like him a lot, you know, mm-hmm. especially with Brian Flores over there now, and the fact that they run the three four, it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Um, number four goes to Will McDonald, the fourth. Out of Iowa State, the pros on him, he's got excellent technique. His hands are fantastic. He's got a great combination of power and technique. He doesn't give up on plays. He plays hard. He's got a high motor, um, and he plays through the whistle every time. Uh, He possesses the endurance to do so effectively, too. Um, He's good in pursuit. Once he manages to penetrate the line, he is off to the races. He's truly an an elite athlete, and he's a Mm. workout warrior who's Pure athleticism will translate to the league, in my opinion. I, I think his, if you add that to his current skill set, I think he could be special. And believe it or not, there's only two cons that I have on this guy. He could be a better run defender. I, mm-hmm. I'll say that. He, and he lacks the, that greasy, fast speed to catch the faster running backs um, in the league. Uh, I like Will McDonald out of Iowa State. I think he's a, a solid player. He'll be a hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy. I like his motor. I, I think this guy can go. And, uh, you know, I don't know that he's going to go real high in the draft. I mean, I mean he, he's probably going to be a day three kind of guy, in my opinion. But I like him a lot. Boots, what do you got on Will McDonald? Will McDonald, Iowa State,
2: 6'4", 239 pounds. A uh, little you know, undersized. A little undersized, but he could also play outside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, they've got him at a four six two. He's uh, at the combined Pro day. March twenty first. He was a twenty twenty-two all big twelve honorable mention. Uh three time first team pick, career record holder for Sacks at mm. Iowa State. Yep. Uh and you know, but I mean it's the Big Twelve, right? They, yeah, it is the Big Twelve, you know, they, exactly they throw every, you know, second play. So <laughs> but still, you have to be good to the quarterback, right? It doesn't matter how many pitches you throw, are you hitting the ball?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Right. You know, you still got to hit the, the the ball. So you still got to get to the quarterback, and he's showing an excellent ability to do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I like McDonald. the fourth.
0: I do like him a lot. And, and I think, like, he's going to be kind of battling with uh, – and Ojalá is probably going to wind up being a day two, maybe even a day one guy. And McDonald will probably wind up being a day three guy, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I think realistically, I think these two could be – should be competing for you know who's the better of the two because Ojalari and, mm-hmm. and mcdonald neck yeah. and neck in my opinion but hey we'll see what happens and last but not least number five goes to felix and uh, this one's going to be tough for me and a dk uzoma mm-hmm. um he he's got the most hard name to pronounce that i've had in a while <laughs> um, rose uh, you know he's tall he's super long he's got super long arms And he displays excellent power, and he's got a strong punch. He can be both a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end or a stand-up defensive end. I like that versatility. That's kind of nice. He's got a great combination of speed and strength. He's got strong legs, and he continues to churn them after the initial contact is made to drive through the opposing blocker. Uh, The cons on him, he struggles to get off the snap as quickly as other players. He could get pushed around by the taller and lengthier offensive tackles. And he could be a better run defender. Um, you know, I, I like him a lot, It, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his name again. But <laughs> I mean, D.K. Yazoma, you yeah, did great, Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope I did. He, he's a, a, an excellent player, though. Uh, boots, shoot. Go ahead.
2: All right. 6'3", 255 pounds. He's projected round two. Runs a 4'7", uh, 340. He's at the Combine Pro Day. is March 31st. I like him a lot, though. Uh, speed rusher, yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Speed, uh, Big Twelve defensive player of the year, five time All American. Uh, he he's a uh, very good. Again, you're going from you're going, you know, to the uh, uh, to the Big Twelve. But yep. Kansas Kansas State had an underrated defense. They and, did, and they and they've had that really ever since uh, Coach uh, Bill Snyder. Yeah, right. They've always had a real under, underrated defense, and he's a, a part of that that uh, can keep teams um, from scoring a ton of points on you because it's hard to just put up points against Kansas State because of that defense and because of uh, what Zoma can bring to. Them. And Kansas State really made people struggle. They yeah. they, they really yep. get. Them it's a hard always time. hard to to go against Kansas State. Yeah, it's never easy, brother.
1: If TCU yeah. uh, dropped the uh, Big Twelve championship to K State.
0: Yep. There you go. Yep, there it is. And he was a huge part of that. So those are our top five defensive tackle and defensive end prospects. Boots. Let me hear that bootleg BT, man. The bootleg
2: B team. I know we're running running short, but I wanted just to just highlight a couple of guys on, on, on the bootleg B team defensive line. Okay. Uh first we got the uh uh Villami, excuse me, Junior for Okay, out of mm-hmm. San Jose State. Yep. He's projected the fourth, fifth-round guy. His uh, pro day is uh, March 16th. But uh, 2020, 21, and 2022, first team all Mountain West. And last year, he was the Mountain West defense player of the year. Woo! Led the Mountain West and fourth in the country with a career-high 18 tackles for loss. Also career-high 65 tackles and 22 Two force fumbles, one fumble recovery, one pass defense. At one point during the season, he had eight sacks during Nevada and nine against Colorado State the next week. When you look at Junior for Hoko, spin move, check. Swim move, check. Bull rush, check. All three. And you can he uses all three of them in the game and bull rush. Oh, yeah. And he uses combinations of, of each of those moves to get to the quarterback. He's versatile. Mm-hmm. which means he can also line up on the inside if you need him to and in nickel an in obvious passing down. Right. So that's where his true value comes in. Uh, Khan sees a uh, – let's see. He needs a little work on this rip move, okay? He's got a tendency to play a little too upright when he needs to use leverage, and he he will use the spin move a tad too much, which will, you
0: know, make him look predictable. Yeah, we get to see that out of Everson Griffin yeah. in Minnesota a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But it's an impact um, when an impact is needed. Right. Right. So he consistently shows up on on film. And on the other side, uh, I've got Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan University. Right. He's projected the sixth round, but the stock is rising. Pro Day is March 16th. He's he's first team All-Mac in 2022, third team in 21, Mac Defensive Player of the Year in 22. He led the nation in sacks per game at 1.09, tied for first with total sacks in 12. He had zero sacks the first four games, but got 12 sacks the last seven games. So he's the uh, uh, all-time single-season sack leader at Eastern Michigan. He was voted captain in 22 and uh, second in all-time. He's the second all-time sack leader. He's got a great bull rush. He lines up really far on the outside, but he would have to go to a team that utilizes a, a, a lot of pass rushers because he's not a standalone. he He's not a game. He's not a guy that you can consistently put out there because he can be run on, and he needs to develop more pass rush moves. Yeah, he's sort of like a, a rotational player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he strikes me. He needs to be better at backside pursuit. He's a little lazy, but uh, can possibly play outside linebacker. And again, he was voted captain. Captain, right? Got so that, that leadership that, quality. Got that leadership quality. Yeah. So that played with me. And at the defensive tackle spots, this guy might be a little little off the board for you. Okay. Okay. You may not have Mr. <coughs> Mr. Gerard Clark mm-hmm. out of Coastal Carolina, six three, three hundred thirty four pounds, big Ooh. boy. He'd be a seventh rounder, maybe a uh, a highly sought after free agent. But uh, he was third-team all Sun Belt. Uh, 11 starts in 20. He had 31 tackles for loss. 11 starts in 21. He had 33 tackles and four tackles for loss. Last season, he had 39 total tackles. Tied for the team lead with TFL's two-and-a-half sacks. He's at five QB hurries and a blocked field goal. He wins at the line of scrimmage. Only one of three returning defensive starters on the defense uh, last season. But that defense held six teams to under hundred yards rushing as a team, and four of those were conference games. He's not a stat guy because his impact is solely to clog the middle, right? And it's like he's uh cemented to the field, right? 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 Now the cons are he's like he's cemented to the field, right?
3: <laughs> he's right? he's, he's in that one little, spot.
2: Yeah, he's a little a little stiff. He doesn't quite move as well, but he needs to develop a little more some pass rush moves. Plays a little sluggish and not an every-down uh, D-lineman. Not a natural athlete, but you can't teach 6'3", 345. No, not at all. And the team also voted him captain. Captain, again. That plays well with me. And, and the final guy for the day, we got Gervon, Gervon Dexter uh, Sr. out of Florida. 6'6", 310 pounds. You know, I had P.J. Mustapher yep. in that mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. But I had to cross him out because I got to look at Gervon Dexter and I say, yeah. This guy's did uh, 125 tackles, nine TFLs, four and a half sacks in his entire career. That's interesting. For I mean, a, yeah. that
3: 125 tackles. Yeah. A
2: lot. He's got uh, positional value at defensive end also. In his freshman year, he had two starts, but also in that year, he had 19 tackles, one and a half TFL, and an interception. Uh, his sophomore year, there were nine starts, 51 tackles. Two and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, and a pass breakup. Mm-hmm. Junior year started all four, or excuse me, started all year. He had seven tackles. Or excuse me, seven tackles for loss, two sacks and fifty-five total tackles. Mm-hmm. He's got excellent hand usage, able to lock in and engage without giving up positioning, and he's strong enough to toss blockers away from him. He's uh athletic, speedy, uh, he's got great vertical, the drills, everything, but what you can't teach is the athleticism, and he pushes the quarterback effectively. Yeah.
3: Now, he
2: will play high at times. Well, maybe not, you
3: know. <laughs> but he
2: will a high pad level, right? Needs to work on identifying play action. He's a little stiff in the lateral movement and change of direction, but he needs to focus on the ball and, and, and have less anticipation. But
0: uh, I really like the athleticism of uh, Dexter. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I I've actually seen tape on him um, yeah. out of Florida. Special player. Yeah, big hands. I mean, he he is a nasty guy. You yes. know, and and you know, as a pass rusher, you really you know who it reminds me of. And I know it's sort of a stretch because of the fact of the caliber of player that that I'm going to be talking about. But he reminds me of a poor mm-hmm. man's in Dominican Sue in a way. Mm-hmm. The way he the way he quarterback. Um, it's it's kind of interesting the way that that he um. He is capable of collapsing a pocket and harassing a quarterback yeah. in the same way that Sue does. It's pretty powerful. And with that, that's our bootleg B team, and that's our show. And the B stands for boss. The B stands for <laughs> boss, yes. Um, <laughs> before we take off, folks, we want just want to give a shout-out to a few things. First of all, uh, Boots, tell me about this book. Tell oh. me more.
2: Wonderful, wonderful book written by a great author, Tammy, Poole. first book she ever wrote. Yep. It's called I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash. Yes. Wonderful book. You can find it on Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Uh, 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 she just broke a bestseller list, Anywhere. too, didn't she? No, she's top 50. Top 50. Top 50 in health and wellness and uh,
0: self-help and... Uh, that's excellent. And yes. That's excellent news. Very good. So um, uh,
2: Go out and get the book.
0: Yep, yep, definitely. And then also, um, just want to give a shout-out to uh, It's Your Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. You can check her out at It's Your It'sYourTimeMassage.com, or you can go over to It's Your Time Massage, LLC, on Facebook, and get yourself a massage. Remember, It's Your Time. Get yourself a Swedish, a deep tissue, or even uh, one with a little bit of CBD oil.
3: Mm. CBD.
0: Oh. she is working with cbd oil so folks check it out it's your time massage get yourself a massage it's about time yeah it is it's about time that it's, it's your, your time. time absolutely uh also a shout out to face kicked apparel our boy sean stockmeyer doing some of the most excellent work out there for all of your custom t-shirts hoodies hats beanies you name it you pick it he sticks it Over get us. your face kicked at oh, Face, right. kicked Face kicked a pair. Yeah, Sean and his wonderful wife Lisa—they're doing excellent work over there. Also, a shout out to Patch Miracle Photography, some of the best photographers in town. I—I got to tell you, Andrew and Chantel are wonderful. They are excellent. We get the most outstanding professional grade pictures we could have ever asked for. We've got three big old ones blown up on our wall. You've seen them. Um, oh, yeah, they're—they're they're beautiful. They do a great job for wedding photos they do baby pictures they do uh, uh maternity photos they do engagement photos um if you're looking to do a special boudoir shoot for that a little sexy something for that special someone in your life check it out patch miracle photography i highly recommend them and uh alex you've got uh something going on with steel brothers gaming over there am i correct yep, steel,
1: the steel got Yep, the Steel Twins Gaming Channel is uh rocking and rolling every Wednesday with voice acting. Uh, we are uh, in the middle of uh, going through the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, tremendous game, under- underrated. You know, kind of going in, under the, the same Ace Attorney uh, uh, direction. You know, I, I've kind of fallen in love with the franchise in in uh, general. Uh, but it's one that I've, I've played previously, and I, oh, that was a this is a perfect idea uh, for our project. So uh, you know, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. I'm, I I want to try to see if I could move the stream to Tuesdays because I'm pretty sure I'm gonna want to watch you know uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays. That's the only casualty I've had with that. But uh, you know, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Uh, your boys are here to uh, you know rock your socks off or at least make you laugh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy watching your guys' stuff. Uh, It's been a little tough to watch lately because I I have been so freaking busy. But um, I'm going to be back on there harassing you guys uh, pretty shortly and and, uh, sending inappropriate messages like I do. And then also, um, last but not least, Big Willie Doves Gaming. Uh, Will has been doing awesome stuff over there as well. His streams are large and in charge. They've got all of the... uh, the modern warfare stuff going on, all of all of the war zone stuff going on. He's doing all kinds of stuff. Also, you can check him out on TikTok, as well. He's got his TikTok channel over there at Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Big Willie D. Yeah, baby, boy. He's out getting it done. And folks, that is our show. Um, We've got our prospects. Next show, we, we will. I promise you. I know we've been we've been skipping out on it, but I I do promise we will jump into. Uh, The NFC and AFC stuff of what these teams need to do Um, moving into the offseason. Free agency frenzy is around the corner. We're going to continue with our draft prospects, our news around the league next show. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Boots, Alex, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And folks, we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz.
1: Ciao.